you've got a ton going on. Way I too mean, much. You're, yeah. Way too much. And going out of state for filming and traveling. I mean. Yeah, there's a there's a ton that I do. And it's I'm learning how to draw boundaries with that because I can only do so much. So. Are you yeah. still doing Justin and Friends? Or that no, I ended that. The wayside? Well, so that started out super fun. But then just the editing. I mean, you know, just the editing process. Is insane. Is nuts. And just mixing audio grading everything because i'm just very anal about like color grading and all that stuff and so i would just do everything shoot and raw and then i would also do um just all kinds of crazy stuff that just took way too much time and then i got bored with it so were you color you were color grading for the podcast then mm -hmm. yeah so we were shooting i think when we were shooting like doing the filming aspect of it we were shooting 6k raw which is stupid i should have just ten done 1080 because nobody gives a shit about what it looks like as long as it sounds good that's all that matters as long as you put like more money into the audio side of things like people will forgive the shittiest video so i did a bunch of audio because i have an engineering background too like audio engineering and did that forever and then got into video but yeah that just got way too way too much <laughs> i didn't know you started out in audio yeah i would have guessed video was the start i actually uh yeah so i used to play guitar and stuff and i used to write a lot of music do producing produced several records uh mixed and all that stuff and then i got into doing the video stuff more full time so i still do occasionally we'll do the audio stuff but yeah i have i was trained in engineering and all that stuff and that's kind of i loved doing it. i love being around music so like it's it's a ton of fun for me. I've but. seen that you've shot a ton of music videos mm -hmm. around here and abroad. Yeah. Yeah. Lots that's, of that. Yeah. So that's been fun. Um, the process with that is kind of interesting because I didn't want to because I've always like, I don't know, I just, I didn't like music videos starting out because it just was the same old thing every time, especially with like hip hop artists. It was, hey, I want to, you know, stand in front of this house with these cars that I don't own. And, and all this money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And all this money all that I borrowed. Girls. Yeah, it's just, I like things to actually have story to them. And I talk to artists all the time that are hip-hop artists or whatever, um, that if you just focused on your visuals and you were you know, focusing more on telling story rather than like, look at the shit that I own. Um, like that will be a timeless music video. Like I love Kendrick Lamar's music videos because they put so much time into those and scripting those out and stuff. And they're just amazing. So anyway, I'm just, yeah music videos i was not the biggest fan of for the longest time and then i started doing it because i realized okay if you're going to complain about this stuff start doing something about it and because I, I used to have a big ego problem and then let that get in the way of being creative i'm like oh well, these guys suck and, blah, 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 blah. and then i realized i'm like okay you need to stop bro you need to like focus on if you're going to focus on this so much do something about it and so i, I did so yeah and i'm kind of blunt you'll start to realize <laughs> i'm learning how to filter that so yeah. Well, that's but. a good quality to have to drive you to improve on something. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you were just satisfied satisfied with it being mediocre, yeah. Where's where's the motivation to try to change that? Right. Yeah, and I'm always pushing people too is like if you care so much about the thing that you're doing, oh, say you're a music artist or something like that, like put all that time into video aspect, uh, the video aspect as well is you put so much time and effort into your music and it means so much to you, why not focus on the visuals as well? And put as much time and effort into that as possible because like you'll think of that stuff a lot of people i recognize will be like oh we'll just shoot something and we'll call it good it's like no i want to create timeless stuff with you guys and it's like just focus on that like have a standard because especially around here in humboldt we're 10 15 years behind in everything and i just but there's some guys that are trying to kill it right now and are killing it like you had eli on here a little bit ago 
like his whole crew is really uh, they're like destroying it right now and so that's super good to be doing that's a great example of what to do especially in this kind of in this area because i go down to la and it's just way ahead of us here it's just it's like an episode of doctor who it doesn't know where in its timeline to exist and so it's just all this yeah, it's just interesting. So. Yeah, I think that sums up Humboldt County pretty well. Yeah, I feel all kinds of things about Humboldt, so I'm going to be careful. But I, I love being here, I will say that. It's just, it's time for some upgrades, for sure. Is it challenging trying to do what you're doing up here? I mean, obviously you mm. have the visual background, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful up here, and it's great in that aspect, but yeah. as far as talent or opportunity, does it get a little more challenging? It does, yeah. It's, yeah, because down in LA, I mean, you have so many people that want to work and do things like so many actors that are willing to do things for free which is great um but there's a lot more of a community down there with filmmaking than there is up here and the guys and girls up here it's kind of hard to connect with because when you do find those people they have their little bubble and they don't want to go outside of that and i'm all about community and lifting each other up and it's like okay if i have skills and talents that can help you get to the next level i will gladly serve that vision and do that for you but a lot of that around here doesn't exist and so that's kind of been the bummer part is like i try to get into some groups and they're like oh no we're good thank you like all right that's fine but i'm all about like just building community and stuff and that's why i like what eli does is he's got this massive group of people and i help them out occasionally and back in the day like eli would come over to my studio and he watched like how i set up some stuff and like watched the recording process because he's all about building community as well so it's like you get these people that focus on that stuff together and then we could change this entire weird perspective and mindset that humboldt has of like i'm going to be on my own little island and stay it's away a from famine me. mentality yeah it's, i gotta guard my stuff because right. i don't want you to come in and take over or do it better or exactly so i'm just gonna i'm gonna wall off the garden Right. And it's like when it's actually, it's a good point is like the do it better thing is if somebody does it better, freaking great, learn from it. Because I, that's what I do all the time is my mentors. I tell, Hey, if I suck at something, if this thing is ass, tell me, I want to know that. And that's, that mentality is kind of getting lost a little bit because everybody wants to be the best at what they do, which is great, but you still need to be mentored. I believe in the Jedi master Padawan thing going on. So yeah, but Well, how do you expect to get better if everybody is just telling you you're great yeah, and not saying, hey, this was kind of a shitty project or how you implemented this wasn't that great? Dude. You're just going to, if you have yes men around you, Mm -hmm. you're not going to get any better. No, that's that's exactly it is you have to have those people that are going to be brutally honest with you. And I like, and the same thing with my girlfriend is if I do, I know she loves me. This is a good example. I know she loves me. I know she cares about my dreams and my desires and my passions and everything, but I always tell her is like, I want you to be honest with me about this stuff. Does it suck? Like our relationship isn't going to suffer because you're honest with me. Like I want to know what I can do to be better, how I can be better in this area or whatever it is. And same thing with my mentors is like, I am a very emotional person, but I know how to turn that off when it comes to my job and the things that I create. So I love it when people tell me, hey, you might want to try to fix this. You might want to try to fix that. And I thrive off of that because then I see it in my next project, like I'm significantly better. So, I mean, I, even when I was doing the podcasting stuff, like um, I hit up a Nikki Glazer actually, and because I ran into her at a thing and I was like, so I'm starting a podcast. What's the number one thing that you'd recommend for me to do? And she said, record yourself constantly, film yourself constantly, start noticing where you lack in your speech and your mannerisms 
and you'll you'll start to see what you need to work on and it's really revealing and it really sucks and she's like justin it really fucking sucks because you're like oh, i suck and it's like oh shit and so then i started doing that and i didn't realize the amount of times i said likes ums um i was like a stone wall just doing this and i wasn't very expressive and i'm an expressive person but i felt like and you know i needed to be doing this kind of stuff to seem like i was dominating in the conversation or whatever it was and, and i fixed a lot but anyway yeah that was a big inspiration too was her opening that door as well being like yeah just be open to change be open to growth and yeah that's some great advice yeah it is brutal especially on camera or through audio when you're listening back to yourself it is brutally apparent every shortcoming dang yeah and it it is like have you noticed stuff with you oh yeah like what's what's been your biggest at the beginning the likes the others yeah. and it'd be every episode and then i started noticing it in guests which you can't really control when the guest says it so then it <laughs> you don't just, stop them and you're like oh my god shut the hell up <laughs> i had a guest one time a good friend mm-hmm. and i'm gonna i brought it up before and yeah. he said like maybe 15 times in the mm-hmm. span of eight seconds and i just had to we ended the what? podcast we just brought it to a close because it i just couldn't get it out of my head and then i knew we were going to start saying like more yeah so you just got to pull the plug. How did he handle that when you told him? I didn't tell him that's why. I was. Just, I oh, you did. Naturally okay. brought it to. It was. It was at a good conclusion to kind of wrap it up. Yeah. But that is something I still work through. Yeah. I had a podcast the other day, and I said, "That's fascinating," or "It's interesting." Yeah. Maybe twelve times through the whole podcast, and it's all I've been <laughs> able to think about for the last twenty-four hours. You're just it's like, just fuck. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wait, are we allowed to cuss? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. You can yeah. say whatever. Okay, cool. I won't say whatever, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I've been thinking about that nonstop. It's okay. just been, and I haven't even gotten to the audio. I haven't even started editing it. Oh, and shoot. I can't stop thinking because I noticed doing it yeah. in the podcast, mm-hmm. and I just couldn't stop because the more I thought about it, the more I said it, and then it's just this vicious cycle. Oh, that's a lover. Yeah, that's I hate doing that stuff. And then there was um, one thing I was working on too was when somebody's talking, and I'm doing it now, is not saying yeah, uh huh, but I want people to know I'm engaged. But at the same time, it depends on the person. Like when you do those little fillers when they're talking, like, yeah, uh-huh, like saying that you're agreeing, it's, it can sometimes kill that flow of thought. And so that's something that I'm also watching. And, and so is one of my things too. So I'm not used to doing this. I'm always behind the cameras and, and it's just awkward sometimes for me to do this. So, but yeah. Is that where you feel more comfortable is kind of behind the camera or yeah more in power i guess you would say uh more comfortable and directing is something i absolutely love doing like being a dp and directing is just like the most fun i've had doing filming stuff and like i'll get asked occasionally to do this stuff and it's just always so awkward for me because i'm like i don't find myself that interesting um at all and so like i know the stuff that i do is definitely interesting as far as filming but it's just it's weird for me to do this but i just challenge myself like the beginning of this year i said if it makes me uncomfortable and makes me feel weird i'm gonna do it for the most part like if there's some stuff that i'm not gonna do obviously but yeah this is definitely one of those things i agreed to so you have to push the boundaries of what you're comfortable with yeah otherwise i would just live in a box yeah i mean i I was joking about it the other day that if there was a way I could have done this podcast and remained anonymous mm-hmm. doing it, I would have done that. Oh, dude, that'd down. be so dope. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Just yeah. a black screen. Every time it cuts to me, nobody knows who I am. I'm just behind this little curtain. <laughs> that'd be amazing. I almost brought in uh, one of my Star Wars helmets so just as a joke. Be like, I have to wear this yeah. when I do this because it makes me feel safe. <laughs> but I didn't. But yeah. 
Yeah, well, it's interesting in that behind the camera, mm. you're not only shaping the people that are on camera, you also, I mean, you're focusing on the shots, you're yeah. focusing on the framing, mm -hmm. then you have to work with the actors and get them comfortable. I mean, yeah. you've got way more. I just have to sit here and talk and try to be <laughs> interesting for five seconds and then spin it back to the guest. Yes, it's it's a lot. It's um, it's It's so much fun, though, because um part of me loves telling people what to do and i have a history of like being a little too aggressive with that but then i found filming i could do that in a creative way and I've, i'm also like totally into psychology and like read a ton and so like i worked through a lot of my ego issues and all that crap but then i found an outlet for it where it was actually a safe place to do it and i'm like i, I just fell in love with it but um it, it is a lot but once you get into the groove of it, I mean, you know, doing this, once you get into the groove and you find your pace with it and it's just something you're super passionate about, like all the work that comes with it just kind of seems just like second nature. And it's not really, you have your stressful moments, especially in editing, which editing is just a bitch, um, especially when you're editing like long form stuff. Like when I edit my wedding films, that can be just the biggest pain in the ass is sometimes because I'll be on fire with an edit and be like, oh, this is going to be so dope. And then I realized, oh, this doesn't make sense anymore. And then I have to like take a break and then just stop freaking out and stuff. Editing is insane. But yeah, um, but I love doing that stuff. It's a lot of fun, especially directing and being a DP. Like I can do that all day long. Um, and it's a lot of technical stuff too. Like I go into rooms and, and restaurants and whatever else and I'm assessing lighting. Like, okay, what's the color temperature of this? Why did I light it like this? Like this is kind of dumb because it makes you feel like an interrogation scene. Like I'm always doing that in every environment that i'm in and sometimes i have to just learn to shut that off because it becomes way too much because my brain is just constantly going but, but it's hard because mm -hmm. that's what you have to focus on when you're actually doing the thing yeah and so you get into this like you said a flow state yeah and then it becomes all you see mm -hmm. is oh this shot would look oh, yeah. great right now or this sunset is perfect or i could do something with this room mm -hmm. even when you're not actually working yeah yeah that's like even with watching movies and stuff is um like I'll do this, I have a rule is the first time through, I'm watching it purely for pleasure. I cannot sit there and tear it apart as much as I want to. And then the second time I'll be like, okay, I would have done this. I would have put this light here because this would have conveyed like this feeling a lot more. And yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> With your wedding films, I mean, mm -hmm. they're pretty cinematic. I mean, you, yeah. it's almost like a short film. Yeah, that was, uh, I, I just got tired of wedding films like, being the super cinematic slow motion shots of like, which I still do and like clients will still pay for it and I will absolutely do them. But I wanted something, I started recognizing like, I wanted it more story driven, especially because some of the people that attend those weddings, you never know if you're going to see them again. And now we're doing this thing where we mic, I think I have 15 mics that we use on a day and I'm trying to get to at least 20 or 30. So that way I can mic all the important people and then we can just go back because I shoot in time code. I don't know if you've gotten a time code yet. No, I haven't, but I've seen your video. On okay. It. Yeah. So the time code stuff is just a freaking godsend. Um, so everything's ran off time code. There's this master clock and everything's synced to it, yada, yada, yada. So I can go back and then because I edit in DaVinci Resolve, I can just sync to time code and then everything in my timeline just sets up and it's way easier to edit that way because it just shows the entire day and I can just start doing that stuff. But um, yeah, I started recognizing that I wanted more storytelling 
and wedding films because it's like your special day and you never again you never know if you're going to see these people again and you want to be able to go back and watch those conversations and see like your great-grandfather your great-grandmother your grandmother whatever it is say these things and it just it's turning into it's like a whole different style for me because like when i first started doing wedding films um it was just a standard you know here's a three five minute like music video there you go and then I was just like, okay, this needs something. That's exactly it, what it was. Yeah. You just sync it up to a song, yep. cut through a few frames. Yeah. And it still works occasionally. Like some people, like I have some couples that want that and I will still do it. I mean, cause I like having money and I'm good at that stuff. Like it's just pretty easy. But I mean, that's why I'm always, it's like a lot of education when it comes to wedding films now, especially in the style that we're shooting it. Like I have to go through and explain, okay, this is why I would push you to do like a documentary edit because you want these conversations, you want this stuff, you, this, this, it's just a lot. Yeah, but I, I love the way that we're doing it now. But when I first started, it was not great. So it was interesting. Did you kind of pioneer that style out of necessity or had you seen something that hmm. sparked that idea in you? Um, well, I, I thought about it a while ago and I just didn't like make the jump on it because and this is something in my personality that I was, I've been working on for a while is I'll get too scared to try something new. And then that, ergo my whole starting this year with like, okay, if it scares me, I'm going to do it. Um, I thought about it a couple of years ago and I was actually going through my journal. And if you don't journal, journal, I encourage everybody to do that. I was going through my journal and I was, I wrote down that I want to start changing wedding films. I wanted them to be a little bit more story driven and not so flashy and what everybody else is doing. And, um, it's actually a friend of mine out of Texas, Justin Porter. He actually started pushing the more documentary story driven stuff in the, within the last year. And he's just blowing up on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram and all that stuff. And then it was one of those situations where I was like, damn it. Like I should have just jumped on it when I thought about it because now he's blown up and it's, he's killing it. So um, we had a call like a couple months ago and talked about it and he, he even told me, he's like, dude, you shoot the same as I do, and if not better, and you just should have jumped on that stuff. You know, you should, he's like, you should still do that. And so that's what I've been kind of moving everything toward is just that. So and it's been great. Like, um, I get couples that are like, I'm so glad that we had that conversation because I missed this, this, and this. And I just care about people having it in general like i love behind the scenes stuff i love all that jazz like i got asked to do several behind the scenes videos for people for their films and all that because i just love following the story i love listening to people that's my that's why i had the podcast for a little bit because i everybody has a story and i love listening like that's my favorite thing to do is like i don't care to talk all that much but like for yeah obviously i said yes to this but i love being a sponge and I love listening to people's passions and desires. And so with the wedding film stuff, like I, and I love love as well. And so being able to be on the day and like ask questions like, Hey, you said this earlier about your husband or your future husband, like where, where, why, like, what is he, why does he mean that much to you? Like, what do you mean? Like you, this, this, and this, and it just turns into this whole story. And I love that because especially when this is going to get nerdy, but especially like when it, you can tell, like, the couples they're like truly each other's choice and it's not one of those things where it's you know you just got married to get married kind of thing i'm not saying everybody does that but you can just feel there's this tangible thing of when the two people choose each other and i love getting you know conversations and stories out of them when it's just like that thick and it's awesome so 
have you had a couple of those where you're sitting there placing bets like this is not <laughs> we might last a couple of days but this is um, not gonna pan out I think, I mean, I mean, to be honest, one, and I actually asked them permission a while ago to talk about it because um, they even knew and they were just doing it out of, and it was sad, it was, they were doing it because it was expected of them from their families and they just kind of like went along with it and just did it to please everybody. And because we actually talked about it in a podcast a while ago. Um, and that, I think that was the only couple and that was kind of a bummer, but I don't like sit there on the day and take bets. Because that would just like throw me off my game. And then I'd be like, okay. Because like at the moment that I did that, I know I'd stop putting the effort into doing it. Because it's just like, man, if, you're, if you guys aren't going to choose each other, then why am I doing this? Why did you hire me? Like, I, yeah. I've been through some crazy stuff with wedding films, though. Like, it's, it, there's been some really interesting situations as far as like people wrestling <laughs> during uh, receptions and stuff. Had a groom one time uh he got mad at his best man and like suplexed him into the ground and that was a fun one to watch <laughs> but yeah they get crazy sometimes did but. that make the wedding cut no. Uh, god no 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 um the, the best man actually went to the hospital because he cracked his head open and stuff and i did get permission for that one too they actually even signed a waiver um yeah speaking of waivers and so yeah because i wanted to talk about that story a while ago and it was insane like Everybody was having a great time. They just got way too drunk. And then next thing you know, they're just starting to say things to each other. And then the groom's just like, hey, you know what? And then just suplexes him, cracks his head open, and goes to the hospital. Yeah, weddings can get a little nicey sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, that's why you have to be really good with people. That's why I love psychology, too, is um, just I'm a huge people watcher as well. That's just like one of my big things. And so it's helped a lot with weddings because I know, okay, this is how this person needs to be talked to. Like I, I know how to diffuse this situation, yada, yada, yada. And so, um, yeah, they can be pretty nuts for sure. This idea of, a, of having it be driven by the story, mm -hmm. are you going in with an idea of the arc for that? Or are you meeting with the groom and bride beforehand to try to get a feel of the direction you want to take it? Or does that come out through all of the footage that you're recording? I usually try to meet with people way beforehand if they're into it. Um, there's some couples that I get where they just want a highlight wedding film and that's it. They don't want to do anything about, you know, the story-driven stuff and, they, and it's totally fine. But then um, that's why I also filter out couples. Like we'll do, we'll do consultation calls because I'll say no to weddings too. Um, because if we're not going to vibe well, then on the day we're not going to vibe well. And I don't want to, you know, take away from that day. And because I, I have a dominant personality and stuff. And so it's like if that sometimes that kind of gets not in the way. I don't know how to phrase that. Just it's I'm just dominant. And then you get somebody that's or a couple that's super sensitive. They're not going to do well with me because I'm like, all right, so can we try to do this? Can we try to do that? Like what? Is, yeah. And so, um, yeah, so it, it just what was the question again? Sorry, I got so distracted. Just the arc of the story. Oh, arc of the story. You do, yeah. You weave it. Yeah incredibly well i mean it all fits perfectly oh, thanks man yeah that's um yeah so it comes from a lot of the meetings that we have beforehand like i'll ask them okay why did you choose each other and if i get a oh you know it was just like we were at the bar and doing our stuff i'm like oh okay great which is great but then i'll get couples where it's just they'll go into a long thing and i'm like okay there it is and so i'll actually um if they'll allow me i'll screen record like a Zoom call or something like that, or even take notes about how they met and yada, yada, yada. 
or I'll send them a questionnaire that will, you know, you can fill it in as well and they'll tell their story there. So that way I kind of have a script or something. And then I'll kind of build the story off of that. And if they allow it, um, I'll get in touch with the friends. I'll get in touch with the parents and all that and just kind of get all their opinions and their stories about the couple and then start weaving that together. And then I'll kind of get something in my head to go off of. So there's a lot of research that I put into, um, you know, my couples and uh, one of them actually labeled me the professional stalker. So I actually even had shirts made <laughs> that says professional stalker on it. So that's kind of how I do the story end of things. And again, if like people aren't into that, then I don't do it. I don't force it on them. Um, but I, it's also, again, going back to the education thing. A lot of the time, like, oh, get a photographer. That's the number one thing, but you don't think about the video guys because it's just, it, it seems like an extra thing, but it's like, you have a still image of the day. I mean, and you, you probably already know where I'm going to go with this. It's like, you have your still image, but then you can actually relive that entire day and feel everything that you actually felt. And like, images are great. They're dope. And then I, that quote, what is it? A picture is worth a thousand words. I'm like, cool. But imagine what the video is like. And so I try to push that quite a bit and it's, it's fun. So I enjoy it. But yeah. Well, and there's, I mean, it's effective, right? Because you hmm? can just see the picture or you can actually hear the person give the speech yeah. and say the thing. Yep. And then that moment's captured forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I love doing that. Like I have had some badass toasts and stuff that have gone viral and some other stuff. And it's just, yeah, I always push everybody like, do the documentary edit, do the documentary package because you're not going to regret it. You want all the, you want to hear all these things like, and you really, yeah, because yeah, you're educating a lot of the time because a lot of us video guys don't get, you know, thought of. And so, um, that's why, you know, I'll push things and educate people on my Instagram pages, even though I'm terrible at social media. Like I'd rather just focus on creating than doing all that stuff. Like my buddy text, that does all that. I'm like, okay, good on you, man. But it just takes up so much brain power and I just would rather use it elsewhere. But And it just feels weird marketing yourself mm -hmm. or marketing what you're doing. Yeah. It's just kind of off-putting. Well, it's, it, yeah, because I don't enjoy, I want to say this nicely, I don't enjoy the people that are constantly like, look at me, look at me. I'm more of the mindset of let your work speak for itself. Like I, it drives me crazy when people say I'm the best this or like DJ Khaled, we the best music. I'm like, dude, oh my God, no, you're not. Like he's a facilitator. That's what he's great at. He's doing, but his music, mm, anyway, I'm not gonna go off on that. But like, it's, I'm always about like, let the work speak for itself. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's harder that way though. Yeah. Because then it's. Yeah, marketing yourself. Not sl necessarily slow growth, but definitely slower growth. Yeah, yeah, that's. Well, I was again talking to my buddy Justin about it and um, he's like, dude, you have a good personality. You're funny. Um, you're, you have a very dry sense of humor and people need to see that. Like that's, they'll buy more if you put yourself out there more. I'm like, dude, I really don't want to do that though. Like it's, I feel uh, like a $5 lady of the night. I, like, I don't want to just be used like that. And it's just weird because I also love being private, uh, especially with my family and, and I want to protect their privacy as well because I don't like how much social media exposes like where we live and all that jazz. Cause it's super easy to find people. I, I could do that in a heartbeat. Like That's I, how I found you. Yeah, exactly. hundred and three hundred percent. And so, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm getting over it now. Like I'm getting over 
um, the thing of feeling awkward promoting myself because it's just like, okay, I have a family to provide for. I love doing this. And um, if the people want it, then the people want it. And I'm here to serve the people. And that's what I say constantly is I'm here to serve you. I'm here to serve the people, whatever you need. And if you need a video of me showing you how I light things and um, how I, you know, mic a dress or something or how I filmed this music video or edited this film. Great. And like, I have to remember, it's not about me. And I think that's a big thing for me is just like re removing myself from the situation and or like the social media marketing end of it. And then just focus on I'm here to give tools and resources to people. Then I could do it. But then once I get in the headset, I'm like, oh, I hate the way that like I talk and do this, this and this. Then it becomes weird. But yeah, anyway. Yeah. Well, if you aren't good at marketing, it doesn't yeah. matter how good the product is. Right. Because nobody's going to find it. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's why I just, you know, I, with my girlfriend, we were talking about that too, her taking stuff over. Like she just filmed some behind the stuff, uh, behind the scenes stuff for me at a wedding we just did. And I'm turning that into reels and stuff. And those are doing pretty well. And so I'm just like, all right, we'll just start bringing her along because she has an eye for it. And a couple of my other friends have eyes for it. And I just, don't have the grid for it and then once they get all the footage to me then i can start saying okay i know how to market this like i know how to do that and i can do it for everybody else like seriously i i there's a couple of bands that i help with their marketing and a couple of influencer people um find their vision and all that stuff and help them create everything for them but when it comes to me i've always struggled with my own stuff and so um yeah but i'm, I'm learning slowly <laughs> yeah we were talking about color correction yeah that's the next frontier i have to learn is marketing yeah that's it's just so crucial yeah. in today's day and age because there's so much shit out there there's so you can much. just get buried it doesn't matter how good the product is it doesn't matter how creative totally you can just get paved over mm -hmm. by someone that knows how to brand their stuff yeah and that's uh, it's, it's super hard because there's so much noise out there and so um the people that i work with like i tell them all the time is just be you and that's what's going to sell because people can feel the genuine stuff. Like I work with a couple bands now where they're trying to copy other bands. They're trying to do the same thing that this other band is doing. It's like, cause it's a template and it's this yada, yada, yada. I'm like, no, do the opposite. Like find your guys's voice, find your personality and then start pushing that stuff. Like film band practices, film recording sessions. Like if one of you is the dweeb of the group, like make stuff out of that. But like, you're never going to be a Coldplay. You're never going to be a whoever is famous now or Post Malone. Like, you're never going to be those guys. And that's if you manage those expectations when it comes to marketing yourself and you just focus on yourself and marketing your stuff and your personality and your, yeah, then it's going to do way better than you copying another person. And I found that that works every time. If you just stay true to who you are and you show the people that it does wonders and yeah, like you might get a viral video of copying somebody for a split second, but if you can't be consistent, especially with who you are, then it's just going to fail ultimately. So and imagine if it does take off mm -hmm. you copying this person mm -hmm. and then every day or everything that you do, you have to put on this mask yeah. and play this persona. Dude, I know people that are doing that now and it's killing them. It, it's, I gotta be careful here. It's uh, making them money and it's making them do cool things, but it's destroying who they are. And then that's where you have to really sit down and ask yourself, is selling yourself like that worth it? Is it worth pretending to be somebody else? Like completely just throwing your personality and who you are in the trash. And it's, man, I'd rather just be me than 
put on masks and stuff. And so I, I encourage everybody that I work with is like, just be you. Like I get playing the game. We all have to, like, I understand the game. Like I, I totally get it, but I don't know. It's just, it's, it depends on what the situation. I'll say that, but yeah, I've, I've worked with people where it's just like, you can see that they're just dis- destroying themselves because of how fake that they have to be again, pretending to be somebody else. But yeah, Man, that's a high price to pay mm-hmm. going down that path. Cause that would fuck with me just on the level of then do these people actually like what you're doing or mm-hmm. is it that you're pretending to be this other thing? Yeah. I don't know if I could ever get past that. Yeah. Cause it's like, you're kind of like this other thing and that's the closest that they can get to that other thing that they ultimately want to get to. And you're kind of a little bit of a representation of that. And so it's just this, it's this weird dichotomy of, I don't even know. It's, yeah, I just encourage everybody I work with, just focus on you. Just be you because you know you really well and you can be consistent there. You can't be consistent with the mask stuff. And if you are, you've got some issues and you need to see a therapist. So <laughs> Yeah, that might be a little psychopathic. Yeah. That might 100%. be a red flag. Yeah. And that's like, I mean, that's even with people that I work with is. It, it, it could take me places and stuff, but I will just like, if I can just tell this isn't the, the it like if this isn't gonna if you're not gonna be real and true like, i don't want to work with you like that's kind of how i am too so but yeah do you think that that hampers i mean specifically with mm-hmm. musicians mm-hmm. does it hurt their music when they're trying to fit that mold just to maybe get a little more shine mm-hmm. or a little more recognition i don't think it does it depends on where you're at if you're in like the mainstream space with, you know, writing syncs, uh, like uh, music for films and commercials and all that stuff, like I don't think that that hurts too much because like, you're playing the game, you're doing the thing um, because you're making, you're paying the bills. Like if you're paying the bills with that, great, but I don't know, it's, it's, it's weird. That's a weird situation. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, and it's hard in context too, right? Because would you rather work for the next 40 years not knowing mm-hmm. if you're going to make it yeah but trying to be who you really are yeah or blow up next week pretending to be this other thing yeah and then it just becomes a question of how sustainable is that long term for you yeah you're making mm-hmm. money but yeah it's it, yeah it's i have a buddy now that he does that he's just creating song after song and they've they've gone places and but we'll talk and he's just like i want to be I, I want to do me stuff though. Like this is, I'm just selling this and I'm selling that. And he's paying the bills and killing it, like making great money. But it's just like, I, I'm not on that side of things. Like I just am friends with people that do that stuff. And I encourage people that do that stuff and help them, help them create. But he's just selling a lot of himself to be this thing and it's destroying him. And he's got like this dream of being in this massive band and yada, yada, yada but not making the moves to do that because just how comfortable he's been playing the game. And I don't know, it, it takes a special kind of person to be able to do it. Like, yeah, a psychopath kind of person to, to do that. And it's like, if you do that great on you, it's just, I can't. And I don't encourage people to do that. So even though it's a machine and you do have, again, you have to play the game, I get it, but I can't do that ever. So do you feel that machine creep in on what you're doing as well? Because you're doing skits, you're doing wedding stuff, you're doing Mm -hmm. music videos. I mean, you have a broad range of stuff. Mm -hmm. You worry about audience capture coming into play? Yeah, I do to an extent. Um, Yeah, we were actually talking about this the other day with my team is, um, 
you know, you do have to make some stuff for everybody else because especially if you want to get like, eventually I want to direct a star Wars show or a movie or whatever it is. Like I love star Wars. That's my thing. Um, and you do have to make stuff for the audience. Like, especially when, like when it comes to music, um, uh, I was just talking with a friend about this is you have to make an album to please the people and then you make one for yourself and then you make another one for the people to keep it relevant, to keep them interested in who you are and all that stuff. Like John Mayer, like I love John Mayer. He's great. Um, he even talks about the same thing as he had a couple albums where it was just for the people. And then he went and did, I think it was born and raised, which is like, I think a straight acoustic album. And that was all for him. It didn't do well at all in the charts. It was terrible in the charts, but then he felt like the most true to himself. And then out of that was like this very therapeutic thing that he went through and then came back and wrote music for the people again. So uh, with audience capture though, you do have to do that. And I, I do on occasion, like I'll pay attention to the comments and all that stuff because um, people are always like, don't read the comments, don't read the comments, don't do that. I'm like, well, if there's a general consensus of like, hey, this is ass, um, it would be better if you did this. And if it's just the majority, then kind of listen to that. But if it's just like one guy in his basement being like, oh my God, you're terrible. It's like, screw that guy. But um, yeah, like I'll take some stuff too. Like when I do skits with people like texts uh, or whatever it is, like we'll go through the comments sometimes and read those and see like, what could we do better to please the people? And if there's a majority, like 90% of them that said like, hey, it would have been more awesome if it was this, then we'll listen to that. Then we'll go and rewrite stuff and do things over again or whatever it is. Um, and, uh, you know, with my wedding films too, I will send those out to people, have them watch them like at least five or 10 people depends on like how I'm feeling that day. If like it's total ass that I don't want to hear from 10 people. Like, hey, this is, this yeah, you're like, the <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll take it from the five people, but, um, yeah, it just, I mean, yeah, uh, it depends. So I, yeah, I definitely get sometimes super worried about the audience capture because like I have to, in a way, please people. It's, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a balance. Of course. So I just, yeah, I'm learning. It's hard walking that line. It is. Yeah, it, it really is. Especially for being somebody that's creative is in this day and age, it's all about marketing yourself. Going back to that, it's all about, you know, how um, like your product is like, because you have to think about that stuff when you're posting things. It's like, how is the audience going to resonate with this? Like, and I want to make sure that they do. And if they don't, then it's like, that could be a, more work that's lost for you because it's not. Yeah. So it, it's a balance for sure. And, um, with my wedding films though, like I don't give two shits about what people think except for the couple and that's it. So it's, if they're super pleased with it and they're great with it, that's all that matters. So if I get Joe Schmo coming in and being like, Oh, I would have filmed it like this. And well, it's not about you. Like, and thank you for your input. And uh, meanwhile, that guy probably doesn't even have a camera. Exactly. Yeah. Like I've had that on TikTok a couple of times. Like people have reached out to me through there. Like I've posted a couple of clips that have gone viral on there, which ultimately led to nothing. That viral means virality means nothing until, yeah, I, I don't know. That's a whole other topic, but like I had people reach out. Um, there's one guy that just really just irked I me. Mean, he was actually a DP in LA and he like watched this clip of a wedding. I did. He's like, I would have done this, this and this. And then I just kind of came back with, in what world did you think that that was okay to, you know, say these things and yada, yada, yada. Like, did I give you permission? And he's like, well, you posted it publicly. I'm like crap. That's a good, that's a good point. But it's just, yeah, I, I don't, I still don't care. I can't because I used to have like a massive people pleasing problem. And so it's just one of those things of, does this deserve or warrant me caring about this? But when it comes to my wedding films, again, it's just the couples that matter and that's it. And then I just leave it. 
Well, in that case specifically, they're the ones paying the bill, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm there. Their opinion matters. Exactly. Yeah, everybody else, it's you can get bent. Oh yeah, exactly. And so, um, it, but if it's somebody that's like, you know, that has notoriety in the video world or the filming world, that's like, hey, like this could have been great. If it, if, it depends on the heart. Like if it depends on how it's delivered, it depends on the the motive of it. Um, if it's somebody that like I respect, then I'll definitely listen to it for sure. Like if it's a lighting thing or whatever, like a buddy of mine, um, he's a gaffer does lighting for crazy videos down South, like amazing guy. Um, I set up a C stand wrong for a light and then he texted me this novel of like what to properly do. And at first, uh, excuse me, I wanted to be super offended by it, but I'm like, wait a minute, what am I doing? Like he's doing the thing. Like he's great at what he does. Like he, there's a reason why he gets hired all the time. And so I just like corrected that and stuff, but people like that I'll listen to for sure. But if it's just, well, and that's an easy, easy thing to fix mm-hmm. and a tangible thing to fix. I yeah. would imagine when you're directing, it gets a little more dicey because yeah, yeah. like Tarantino's going to direct a movie mm-hmm. completely different than James Cameron would. And so if you have one saying, Hey, you should shoot it this way. Yeah. Well, where does your subjective eye come into that? Exactly. Like I, I was actually just listening to something uh, the other day where it was um, it was George Lucas and Steven Spielberg because uh, they have they've had this friendship forever and um, they would actually help each other direct. And I didn't know this, but it was on I forgot what podcast it was. But Spielberg was talking about like he'd go to George and be like, hey, how would you direct this thing? And like the camaraderie there was like these are two heavy hitters that are just like helping each other direct each other's films. And that's super badass like that. I can totally get. But if it's something like Tarantino where he's got a vision and do not tell him how to execute it like he's just I mean, that guy's a god in general. I know a lot of people hate on Tarantino now because I mean, he's got a lot of crazy stuff in his films, but. He's still a boss. Like I love like his films actually are timeless because he puts he puts so much effort into them and stuff. But anyway, directing like, yeah, it, it just depends. That's why it's good. There's a hierarchy in the filming world as far as like who's the director. And um, if you want to take, you know, opinions from other people, like when I direct people, um, I'll definitely listen to them. I never say no on a set. I never, ever say no, because that's when you start saying no, you shut people's brains off to being creative. And that's such a heartbreaking thing to watch. So like when I'm directing people and I have somebody that comes up to me and, and says, hey, you know, it'd be really cool if we did this, this, and this. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And then I'll just continue directing. Because, I mean, even with actors and stuff is um, a couple of the actors I've worked with, uh, a lot of them are super sensitive and you have to be aware of that. And they'll have ideas and if they don't work out, then they don't work out. But I never tell them no, because who knows, like they could have an amazing idea. And I've had several amazing ideas from actors where they're like, hey, I want to try it this way. I want to do it this way. Great. Let's do it. If we have the time and the budget for it. Um, But yeah, I always, it's the yes and thing. I don't know if you've heard of that before. Yeah. Yeah, It's like the second city. uh, I read that uh, book a while ago. It's like second city. Yes. And, and um, I've used it for years now. Because uh, I hated being told no when I was being creative, like when I have an idea or something. And that was like a childhood trauma where I've been told like, no, you can't do this. And I would just shut down. And so now that's that's actually something I bring to the table. Like when I'm directing people is always imagining the little version of me. Okay, if I was talking to me when I was super insecure and all this stuff, how would I take being told like this or being told no or whatever it is? And then I cater to that and kind of shift things to how that person needs to hear it. But when it's directing um i totally just went on a tangent but when i was directing like i will usually tell people i don't want to like if it's my crew i don't want to hear 
that I don't hear you guys say anything about directing um, because there needs to be order. Otherwise, there's going to be chaos because if you've got 80 directors on a set or a music video set or whatever it is, like your actors and your performers are going to get so confused because, well, he said he wants it this way. Well, he wants it this way. And they need consistency. It was just the one, unless you're a, a dual director thing. Like me and my friend Tex, we do videos together and we'll both direct because he has like this massive vision and he, and I'll tell, I say this all the time, but he's very whimsical and very space cadetish and is just all over the place and super creative. And, um, he doesn't sometimes communicate effectively to uh, the group of people that we're working with. And so I have to be like, I have to, I get to be like, okay, Hey, so is this how you want this to be done? And it's not all the time, but there's certain cases where he absolutely needs to learn how to translate a little bit better. So I'll be there if it's his production, uh, I'll be there and be like, okay, this is what he meant. Can we try this, this, and this? Um, but when I'm directing, I don't want anybody talking to me uh, from my crew about like how to direct something because yeah, if they have, I tell them at the beginning of each shoot, if you have an opinion, wait till we're done and then tell me it, like afterwards or even before but not before the actual take that we're going to do like that that we're going for for real um because it will just mess with me and it will mess with the flow of you know whoever i'm directing and can't have so many cooks in the kitchen like that so yeah otherwise you guys are going to be out there all day yeah which is going to be done this cluster yeah and that's why i'm very um I'm very adamant about the hierarchy of a film set because it's just you can't have this cluster and it gets so old like I hate when things are out of control and everybody's all over the place nobody knows what the hell's going on that drives me nuts it's yeah and so I like to run to run a tight ship but I also have a lot of grace for people it's just it depends on if we're if we're tight for budget and schedule and all that stuff like I'm going to be a hard ass about it um, I'll allow you to do your thing if you're the actors and stuff being creative for sure, because we need the best we can possibly get out of you. But I'm, I also know how to work with people in those situations. Like a lot of the time, like I'll go into those situations a little bit scared because like directing people is always so intimidating. But then once you're in it, like you just turn into a whole different person. And then you just, especially if you feed or feel off of people and you understand the vibe of a situation, you know how to work with them and, um, make it a successful shoot or whatever it is. Um, so yeah. And I would imagine that psychology aspect really comes into play there. Yeah. Then you can kind of mm-hmm. subtly nudge or diffuse a situation or totally keep everybody on track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, the psychology of it is super great. I think every director or anybody really in the film world needs to study psychology. Um, I didn't go to school for it or anything, but I read, nonstop. Like I love reading. I think everybody needs to read and spend more time reading than on their phones. Um, but it's just, you know, once you know somebody's personality type, once you know and understand, like I can't like with my girlfriend, for instance, like this is a good example. I always go to her for examples because I'm more of a straight shooter. I'm because I'm used to like working with people like that where I could be like, Hey, this needs to get done, this, this, and this. But then when I get home, I can't sit there and be like, all right, babe, you do this, 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 and this, and this. Also, I don't like the way you did this. It's like, you have to talk to her how she understands. And I call it the Candyland theory where you kind of do this Candyland thing of explaining something. It's going to take like a half an hour to 45 minutes to get to the point. But if that's how they feel heard and understood and loved, you have to take the time for that and have the grace for that process. Because if you don't, you're ruining connection. 
And so it's the same thing when I'm working with people as well is if I can, I like to know their personality types. So that way I know, okay, you need to be talked to like this. I need to understand you like this. Like, again, I always go to text because he's one of my best friends. He needs things said in a certain way. I can't go up to him and be like, hey, you're an asshole. Because <laughs> he, he would shut down. It's like, hey, you know, you handled this in this way, yada, yada, yada. Um, what if we try it like this next time? and just be aware of this is how you're acting then he gets it so you can't be a drill sergeant to super sensitive people and yeah but it, it's good to study psychology for sure so and like i'm friends with you know military guys that were like counterintelligence stuff and same thing is like you know study body language study all that stuff and so that's what i do like i size people up constantly uh, sometimes I have to shut it off because I'm like, it doesn't mean what you think. Like the whole crossing your arms thing. Sometimes that's just comfortable. That doesn't mean they actually hate you. So, <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't mean everything's about to go sideways. Right no, now. no, not at all. And so, yeah, anyway, um, yeah, psychology is great. Read a ton. It's awesome. Is it hard when you guys, when you and Tex are in that dual directing mode? Because I would imagine it sounds like you put a lot of prep work into mm -hmm. your stuff. And mm -hmm. I could see it being a challenge if you have this idea of how this is all going to pan out and mm -hmm. he has a separate idea trying to mesh those we usually will meet up beforehand it depends on the project like if it's if it's his thing then he has full creative he's taking the lead it's all him um like and he'll ask me during like we filmed something for his tiktok where um it was really hard for me but i wasn't the one filming and i wasn't the one directing but i was just there to support him because it was he was directing this tiktok it, like it was a whole zombie thing that he came up with that was nuts um i think i saw a couple yeah. thoughts on that is that on your instagram that's on his instagram and on his tiktok i think it's simply text um i always get it wrong i don't know um but that was his thing and so i just showed up on the day and i got to watch him just be a boss and he told me he's like well, I learned from the best. I'm like, no, it's not like if you feel successful from working with me, freaking awesome. Like, love it. Um, but I think there was several times where I wanted to be like, I would have done it like this. I would have done it like that. And then he'll see that. But it's that's a me thing. That's an ego thing. I, I got to keep in check because, again, I'm there to serve somebody else's vision. And I just know, like, from from my end of things is I know how to make things epic and if the person doesn't think from the perspective like a, of a DP or whatever it is, they're not going to know how to emphasize certain moments. Like is you've got like, um, no, I'm not going to go, no, I'm not going to go to that, but the deck, yeah, the director stuff, if he, if it's his project, he does that. If it's my project that I wrote and all that stuff, then I'll direct it. Or if I feel like he would serve what I wrote better, if, if he directed it, then I'll allow him to do it. It just depends. Like I don't need to be in charge of everything and I don't want to be, um, and so we have this good balance of talking to each other about like if we shoot a commercial or something uh in i wrote it but he'd be better at directing that subject matter then i let him do it and i don't say anything unless he asks me what would you do in this situation um but i never jump in there and i'm like hey i'm gonna do it like this and yeah, yeah. And it's not my thing so yeah we're pretty good about it um it took some time to get there for sure but once we learned each other's like styles of communication and stuff, then we're, we're pretty on it most of the time. Yeah. Just trial and error. Figuring yeah. out where that balance lies. Yeah. It's, I mean, again, it's just like a relationship. You just have to work through it and figure it out and stuff. And so 
Yeah, I just uh, for me like when I'm directing stuff though, I just I don't like it when my flow gets interrupted, especially if I'm super passionate about like we've got some stuff that we're working on now where I know he won't be able to direct it because he hasn't gone through the situations that I wrote about. And so you you don't want to put somebody in the director's chair that doesn't understand the subject matter if they haven't been through it because they're going to tell it in a way that's like not true to what it is like especially what we're writing right now and so um some of the stuff but yeah we're pretty good about it for the most part mm. when you're coming up with a script for one of these mm-hmm. kits that you guys are doing yeah what does that look like uh chaos uh it's actually it's a lot of jittering actually so we like we're if it's with text um because i work at uh manitoba's t street music part-time um, because they allow me just to do my thing. Cause you know, up here, the, the filming world is really, isn't like a big thing. I can't do it full time yet. Um, if I was down South, absolutely. But like the Mantovas have been like so good with my schedule and all that stuff because I'm gone a lot, um, from the store, but it's like a consistent thing and yada, 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 yada. creative people know. Um, but Tex will just show up randomly to the store and he'll be like, I have an idea. Like, what is it? And then he'll tell me, I'm like, dude, dope. And then I'll just start like writing it out because that's usually how it works is he'll have the, the main idea. And then, um, I will go in and like write the script for it and stuff. And then he'll make little tweaks, be like, Hey, can we say it like this? Like, absolutely. And it's a ton of fun. Like I love getting together with people and just writing. It's a lot of fun for me to do that. And so, um, and he'll call me randomly, like in the middle of the night too, and just be like, dude, I had this idea. And I'm like, bro, trying to sleep. But then if it's a good idea, I'm like, oh, shit. And then we'll, yeah, we'll just start going with it. down really fast. Exactly. Because I tell people constantly, dude, if you come up with an idea and you're, I don't even care what it is. If you think, oh, no, it's not, it's not going to be great. Write it freaking down now. Because there's been so many things that I've thought of where I'm like, oh, this would have been sick. And I never wrote it down. And then I think about it like years later and then somebody else did it. I'm like, shit. Like I had this whole idea for a show, this Netflix show. And this, this blew so hard. Um. It was this show that I had an idea for. I wrote out the scripts and all that stuff for it. It was going to be like a season long. I wrote it, sent it over to this guy that was reading over my scripts to help me format better and how to have better grammar because I, I was homeschooled and things fell through the cracks, yada, yada, yada. We can get to that if we want to. But then um, after I sent him these scripts, I didn't hear from him for a while. And I was like, oh no, dude, what's going on here? And I kept writing him. I'm like, hey what's up? I never heard back about these scripts, yada, yada, yada. A couple years later, that idea is on Netflix. And I'm like, son of a bitch. And then, so I look up who's on like all the credits and all that stuff. And he's there. And I was just like, dude, that's so messed up. <laughs> did you reach out? Do you still have those emails where you could I do. reach out to Netflix and say, Hey, I do. By the way. But it's just like one of those things of, do I want to go through that much effort and just battle this out and stuff? Because I, I can prove the emails and all that stuff, but I don't know. I, I mean, I actually haven't really talked about it ever since now, to be honest with you. So that's kind of interesting. I just haven't felt the need to because just there's like been this voice that's been like, don't do it. And I, I usually listen to my intuition because I, I know when something's up. And so I'm just like, I'm not getting battle it out because I don't want to have that stress. So 
but it was some bullshit for sure. Like I was so stoked on, on the idea and then it was executed terribly. It was horrible. Oh, that just makes it that much worse. Yeah. That's yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of want to go in a hole and cry. Yeah. Uh, but like, it was like, cause I had this, it was going to be this dark thing that I, I just like darker stuff. And so that's just more, um, intense and real. And so I, it was this idea, but it was, it was going to be this fantasy thing. And I just Can you see, say what it was. No, I, I could tell you when we're done okay, for yeah, sure. We'll yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I can absolutely tell you. But um, yeah. So it was just annoying. And uh, but anyway, yeah. So the writing that would process drive me insane. You have dude, a very healthy perspective of being. I don't want to then with it. Yeah. But still, I would be. Mm-hmm. Let's let's burn this shit down. Yeah, and that's how I like. I absolutely want to do that, but then um, in, in situations like that, I just ask myself, okay. What is it actually going to do? And if I can't do anything about it, then why am I going to allow this situation to have the permission to have power over me and my emotions? Because I don't want to be reactionary to it. And so and I try to be like that constantly. Like I'm, I'm pretty good with that most of the time, but there's sometimes where I'm just like, oh, it's on. But yeah. Um, but yeah, that's why I don't really send scripts to people anymore unless I absolutely trust him and I have like an audio file where they're saying I'm not going to use this for my own gain and stuff and so or sign an NDA or whatever it is some kind of waiver um with text I never worry about that because I mean actually we I think we do have a video where we're talking about how we're never gonna like steal each other's ideas and run with it without each other um and that's kind of like the brotherhood that we've developed is um I always tell him where I go you go and like that's how it's always been and so our writing process though is it's just chaotic but so much fun um because he brings that whimsical crazy side and then i'm like the all right now we need to sit down and just organize all this stuff and i could be like that too but i'm a little bit older than him so i kind of understand like how to harness that a little bit better you can focus the scope a little bit more yeah but if i get an idea and i'm like banana sandwich about it like and you can even ask my girlfriend, like, I will go nuts with the idea. I will walk around the house, like pacing all over the place. I'm like, okay, if we do this this way, and then it is, oh my God, this is so dope if we do this. And she's like, okay, have you written it down? No, not yet. Well, you need to start doing that. And so like, if I'm super passionate about the idea, I like, we'll just get the whole thing out verbally and then forget to write it down. And it sounds awesome and everything. And, but that's why I'm way better about, okay, the moment I start thinking it, like I just bring out my phone and just start writing it down. And then I back that up on the cloud and all that stuff just in case. So, um, but yeah, that's yeah how we do things. Well, that guy doesn't have that. Right. You can take comfort in that because that's mm-hmm. why he had to steal somebody else's shit. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't, man, yeah. He doesn't have that. And well, karma so catches dumb. up. Eventually. I hope so. I hope it does. But then again, it's like, I like, I want to ask him, why did you feel the need to do that? Like, why well, did you can't come that? up with his own shit? What That's you, exactly yeah. why. If you could find him for me. <laughs> I, I have gotten pretty good at digging. So okay, yeah. I could have been a private investigator. In I will tell you uh, when we're done what his name is and then you can hunt him down. And then if he goes missing just randomly, then I don't know what happened. Yeah. Yeah. But, we'll just cut that part out of the play, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's impressive but. that that hasn't made you jaded or a little more mm-hmm. cautious of working with somebody else um it has in a sense like there's been a quite a few things where it's been a lot of almosts and that has made some things jaded a little bit and i have to be very aware of that because um you know one of the things is 
when I meet certain people like, oh, we should work together sometime. We should do this, this, and this. And all I'm hearing is like, I lack the actual consistency to do something with you. And I'm just saying this because this is the thing to say in the moment. And so I'm just going to cater to the moment right now and just say whatever. Like, I'm pretty good about being aware of that. And I get it too. It's like, again, you got to play the game. I get it. And so, um, but yeah, there have been opportunities where, man, um, I've missed because I thought that they were just that situation all over again. Like, um, I had one opportunity where I was asked to be the assistant engineer for somebody that does some big, like Disney movies, like the audio stuff. And at the time I was like, Oh no, that's not real. That's, that's stupid. And it's a dear friend of mine was like, no, like he wants to see if you'd be willing to do this if you want to, because this is a great opportunity. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. I know this is going to just turn into this and doing the self-sabotaging thing. And then it was like a real situation, a real job. And I'm like, crap, dang it. And it's because of that situation with the script, because I was just like, you know, no, people are just going to use and abuse me. I don't want to, I'm, I'm good. And then turns out that it's become all these amazing movies and stuff and he's killing it right now. I'm like, shit. <laughs> so yeah, that's something I've had to work on too. You just sure. have to be aware of it. Yeah, I mean, how often does that happen in the industry? Not people often. just ripping shit off. Yeah, well, well, yeah, that ripping shit off for sure. And it's just, I mean, that's why you know, with people down there, like, there's a lot of really, really good people. Like, I work with some, like, this group of guys right now, where down south, where they're phenomenal. Like, they're the most consistent. Like, they're always there for me, and they're doing amazing stuff. Like, and they're trying to get me to move down there, but. I mean, I got a family here and stuff. And I love being here and I have the dream of being able to just fly down and do the stuff down there and coming back. And that's what I want to do. Like I hate LA with a passion. I hate being there as far as uh, a long amount of time. I, I don't mind visiting occasionally. Like Malibu is great. Love being out there. Um, and like, there's a lot more food and good food and all that jazz, but I can't see like having a life there it's just so chaotic and crazy well, especially now it's kind of just dude yeah falling apart at the sea oh my god like i last time i went there i was just driving around and it just was just solidifying i definitely don't want to be here and everybody that lives there fantastic great if it's your lifestyle awesome but i also like coming home to where i can just find peace and rest and have my time and i don't have to struggle to make ends meet i don't have to work eight different jobs like i know people that do that is like they work eight different jobs and i ask constantly like for what for just to afford rent yeah I mean, exactly it's like i hear what what rent is like 2800 to 3500 for like a two-bedroom apartment i'm like dude that's insane like i don't want to do that um and so yeah i yeah la is just insane but anyway the guys that i work with down there are super consistent and love them uh, they've given me some amazing opportunities and followed through on that and so that kind of healed that situation because there was another one too where i was going on in a multi-million dollar like recording studio deal and was going to build this massive production uh, house where we like trained producers directors uh, dps all this stuff under one house and it was like during the covid time and uh we had like I went down south and met with a couple people and pitched the idea. We were gonna buy the space out, and it's already been built and ready to go, and it's just sitting here secretly now. And um, like all these people were in on it, and then when COVID hit, everybody just dropped the idea, and it was just like gut wrenching because the people that were gonna be a part of it were awesome. Like one of the uh, uh, engineers that did 
he's still living. He assisted uh, some of the Beatles recordings and I met with his team and I was like, hey, I want to do this thing where we, um, if people can't afford to go to college to learn how to do film school or do audio stuff, like we can do this thing where we teach them for free. Like, I don't know how we'd make it work, but we teach them for free and then give them job opportunities. And like, we take a percentage of whatever it is. I, I'm not good at the business side of it, but I just had this massive dream and he was in on it and like a couple of other people. And then it just went south of the border real quick. It was just like COVID hit and destroyed everything. And that was the one that kind of took a massive toll. And it took like, a, I'll be honest, like a, a couple years to recover from that because I was so stoked on it. it bringing in like some amazing heavy hitters and stuff. And then all of a sudden it's just like, nope, just kidding. Like, damn you. Through COVID. no fault of your own. Dude. No. Just because they got some scared. pandemic happened. Yeah. They got scared because, um, and it was for good reason too. They absolutely got scared because they weren't sure it was going to be viable because everybody was in lockdown and all that stuff. And it's just like, nobody wants to be around each other. We're told to stay inside, all that stuff. And, um, and I got it. Um, it was, it just hurt a lot because I just had this, like, I just want everybody to be successful and whatever it is that you do. Like I'm, I hate when people have excuses of, I can't do this because of this, this, and this. And I'm, it just drives me nuts. Cause I was there all the time and I wasted so much time with excuses being like, yeah, I can't do this because yada, yada, yada. It's, it's like, we have so many tools and resources at our disposal right now. And why aren't we using them? Like, there's no reason why you can't do what it is that you want to do. It's just you're in your own way and you need to get out of the way. And so that was kind of like a part of that situation too. I was just, yeah, I don't know. It was crazy. Yeah. I've had a couple things like that. <laughs> so many people are stuck in that mindset. Yeah. I can't do it because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. It's just, it's not going to happen for me because I wasn't born into it or I don't have these advantages. So I can, right. why even try? Yeah. And that's, that drives me nuts. It's, um, because it's all learned stuff and it comes back to how you were raised. Um, and I think that if you're in a family unit where they encourage, you know, dreaming big, but not just stay, not camping in the dream world, but turning that into a vision and making it a reality. Like, how do we do that and teaching that process? Um, I mean, like with my childhood and stuff, we were very, you know, told, no, you can't do this and yada, 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 yada. And so it took me years to get over that. And now I'm like, okay, let's go for it. Like I've got access to people and stuff and I don't take advantage of that, but it's, if I have a strong idea or something I believe in a hundred percent, I go to the people and I'm like, Hey, I believe in this thing. What do you think? Can we possibly make this work? Because I don't want to use some stupid excuse from a trauma in my past. And so one thing I tell techs and my guys constantly is it's not the lack of resources. It's the lack of resourcefulness. If you want it that bad, then find a way to do it. And so what the, the studio stuff that I was talking about just now is, um, you know, when I pitch to all these people, I pitch to them, like I film weddings, I can help pay for a little bit of the rent on this multi-million dollar studio. Um, I could do this, this, and this. And that's why people were sold on it is because I was coming to the table with this massive dream and this vision, and I was willing to do whatever to serve it. And they saw that and they wanted to run with it because they can get behind the person that was going to do that. And like, and yeah, it was just, Anyway, I just, with excuses like that, I just, I, t I tell people all the time, okay, what's fine to the root of that? Why are you lying to yourself right now? Why are you telling yourself you can't do it? Well, because I don't have the resource. Okay, well, find somebody that does and learn from them. Um, I have a friend that has access to some amazing people and they've said several times, hey, if you want to do this, this, and this, let us know. And then he just doesn't do it. 
And I'm like, dude, if they're giving you the permission and the stuff to reach out to them, to do these amazing things, do it. What are you scared of? And a lot of it's the scare being scared of success and being, um, yeah, being successful and all that stuff. But it's like, if the universe provides these opportunities to you and you're scared, do it. Like, because fear is like the biggest liar. Fear is like the biggest bitch. And it's like, obviously fear like bears attacking you and all that stuff. Like, I don't know if you've seen the revenue. Yeah, that's, like, re- that's, that's real good fear. fear. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. You experience that fear and it's, yeah. it's something different than not wanting to try. Exactly. Cause it's, it's the fear of the unknown. And so like, I always tell people like, yeah, if you don't know what's going to happen, freaking do it. You got one life. Like I forgot what it was with you. Like you have 70 something Christmases, 70 something Thanksgivings, maybe at the most or whatever it is, like why not fill that time up with dreaming big and doing the things that you actually want to do. And so like whoever I work with and I start seeing like these trends of them coming up with lies for themselves or what, even in like my own family and stuff is like, well, I never got to do this. It's like, well, cause you said no to you. You didn't say yes to you. You, and it's conditioned stuff that you have to retrain your brain um and to get out of but it's it's worth the work like i've worked so hard on eliminating excuses and stuff because again that's how i was raised was i can't do this i have to just get a regular job have a family and die that's how i was raised and then it clicked one day i'm like no this is bullshit like i want to do things that actually matter that things that mean and people that do that stuff great but it's just i think there's something in everybody where it's they want to do something epic and huge and big and whatever it is. It could be like a farmer or whatever it is, but like, but make excuses for themselves. And it's just, I want to help people get out of that rut of just making up lies that they can't do it. Like it, it's so sad to watch really creative, talented people just put themselves in a box and not go anywhere with it. And so if I can help eliminate that fear and that lie, I'm going to like, even if I have to be a hard ass about it, like you can ask Tex or anybody that works with me is, the one thing is, is I'm very honest and it's out of love and sometimes I need to deliver it better, but it's because I see you and I see the thing that you want to do and I want to push you to do that thing because you're going to regret it if you don't. And it's that classic case of you get to the end of your life and you don't want to be that person that's like, I wish I would have done that thing and do it. Because what are you going to do? Fail? Great. Then you learned. Congratulations. <laughs> that's the best motivator Yeah. if you can frame it as are you okay regretting not doing it? Yeah, Are you okay getting so to the good. end of your yeah. life? I love how you put that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Having to face that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so yeah, that's, that's it right there. Um, and I have to challenge myself every day with that. Cause like when I, when I'm doing my own stuff is like, I, I mean, you have that internal dialogue where I don't think that's a worthy idea. I don't think oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm blah, 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 blah. And so then I like, well, talk to myself out loud and be like, okay, listen, why do you think that? Like I'll dissect the whole thing. Like even when I'm journaling, like I'll ask myself questions of, okay, why do you believe this lie? Like I'll write it down. Like you believe that you can't film this short film because what is it? And then I'll read the excuse and I just realize, okay, that's stupid. And you're going to get over that right now and just walk that whole process out. And so, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And you have to be willing to sacrifice. Mm -hmm. I think that's the part that trips up a lot of people. If you want to just have the thing done, Mm -hmm. but you don't want to go through the struggle of actually doing it. Yeah, that's, that is huge is it takes a lot of sacrifice. Like I've sacrificed so much, um, social life stuff or whatever it is, but I don't regret it. Um, 
Like I love filming and I love doing what I do. And when I started dating my girlfriend now, like that was the first conversation that we had was, um, like I'm very vocal about this is like, I don't want to just be that average person. I want to actually matter. I want to do something where I leave a legacy where it's okay. Justin was known because he encouraged people to follow their dreams because this is what he did and yada, yada, yada. Like I, that's, I told her like, this is what I want it is to be that person. And so like, I want to be the, I don't know if you know who Rick Rubin is at all. But yeah. Okay. Rick Rubin. Like I want to be the Rick Rubin of my groups that I'm in where that's I'm like, that's cool to have. He is a Something boss. Else. I love that guy. And so, um, like I, even for projects, like I've been flown out and stuff just to sit in a room with people. Like literally that is it, just sit around and just be there, um, to help encourage, encourage stuff. And then like kind of guide sessions or whatever it is that we're doing, um, because apparently being in my presence helps and I'm like, okay, whatever, I'll do that. That's fine. But like the, the dreaming thing is like that, that was so huge for me with my girlfriend now. And she's super encouraging of that. Like, she's always like, Hey, did you, you know, write today? Like, how's your heart doing? Like, how are you making sure that you're making time to do filming and this, yada, yada, yada. And she's super encouraging. But even I was scared about getting in a relationship because I'm like, I don't want to be tied down. Like I need to do my stuff. And so, but she's been a boss with that like she's kicked ass with being encouraging and allowing me just to be me and um and so that i kind of try to instill with everybody else and if that makes sense so it's hard finding somebody that can understand that that isn't equally in the trenches mm -hmm. of doing it you know yeah. obviously i don't know the circumstances of your girlfriend but when yeah. you're you're talking to someone who just works a nine to five maybe yeah Mm -hmm. It's just interesting seeing how much time they have after that. And obviously yeah. they fill it with other things. They watch Netflix, they have chores, they do, you know, normal human stuff. Mm -hmm. But then cut to you staying up till four in the morning, mm -hmm. editing, yeah. punched over a computer. Yeah, looking like, like gall and like, hey. yeah, yeah, you're like, I can't go out on a Friday night because mm -hmm. I've got six hours worth of footage I have to work through and yep. nobody else is going to come and do that for me. Right. So I got to sacrifice and sit here and do it. Mm -hmm. It's hard to to understand that if you're not equally mm -hmm. as charged for some pursuit that you're engaged yeah. in. Yeah. That's, that's super good. Like I just, yeah, it, it's hard to get along with people like that where it's just where they do the average thing because they don't understand. And so, but I also find that super interesting because then uh, the psychology part of me is kind of opens up and is like, okay, so why is that person that way? That just fascinates me. It's like, why do you go out and party all the time and do all that stuff and do it because it's fun yeah. yeah it's a temporary going thing, out but on like... a friday night is way better than <laughs> scrubbing through hours of footage that i will agree with like it's not until recently like and i'll be legit honest where i just started going out doing stuff occasionally because i've just been behind editing computers and stuff and like not to say that i don't go out and hike like i love being outdoors like that's a huge thing for me is just being outside like i love camping i love all of that stuff, but um, I've never been a party animal. I've never done really much of anything. And so uh, it wasn't until recently where I'm like going out dancing and like learning, oh, this is fun. And like a DP friend of mine said, um, you wanna be better at filmmaking, go watch people in real life and go do things that you wouldn't normally do. Like he said he went on a trip for, I think it was like a year and a half where he just said yes to everything. Kind of like the Yes Man movie or whatever it was. 
Um, he just said yes to everything. And he lived so much life within that one year because he was kind of like me. And so he's been like encouraging me to go out and do stuff more and like be in reality because he, and like even having a family now, it's like, okay, I want to make sure I make the time for that stuff. And we go and do things. Um, and I have to be very aware of my creative brain in that, in those times, because I'm thinking, okay, I could be doing this and I could be editing this and yada, yada, yada. But, um, yeah, it's fun going out like, uh, like went to what is it 707 or whatever like for the first time a couple months ago and played pool and stuff never going back because uh, <laughs> it's just like well it's also fascinating because going in that situation it's fun watching just the games being played in general like the different like i say everything's a game but it's not but it's just fun to watch how people operate around each other like it's just I really don't like that bar. But. Especially when alcohol is involved. <laughs> Dude, You're watching yeah. social scenes play out. It, mm-hmm. It's entertaining. Yeah, especially when you're kicking their ass at pool and then they're like, oh no, you got lucky. I'm like, no, you're drunk. Like, and I'm just better than you. But I mean, I don't ever say that because I don't want to get punched. I can't, I can't fight. I don't want to do that. Yeah, that can happen at 707 too. Dude. Oh yeah. Every time I've been there, there's always been something and I just can't. I can't hang. I'm good. I'd rather just like get together with people and like have like bourbon and a lot of stuff and just sitting around and having a conversation like it's in somewhere chill than going to 707. But yeah, nothing against those people. It just, it scares me there. So it's hard turning off that work part of your brain though. Yeah. I find myself still constantly in that where it's, you can't even pull yourself out of your work to go do the thing because mm-hmm. you know that when you're doing the thing, you're just going to be thinking about work. Mm-hmm. So it's better to just do the work. Yeah. Have you, go ahead. Then suffer and do the other thing. Yeah. Um, have you found something that helps you in that process? No, I'm still very deep in doing the work. Yeah. My life is still just consumed with the work aspect, but I'm also still, you know, in that grind phase where it's just, you just got to sacrifice and you just do the thing. Mm -hmm. And every second you have, you funnel into doing the thing yeah yeah it, which it's probably hard. isn't the healthiest way to approach it no but you don't hear people who are incredibly successful at their chosen craft right and they're saying oh yeah you know balance take a night off the work will no. still be there none of them say none that. of them they all say yeah it's gonna suck and you're gonna keep your head down and you're gonna grind and you're gonna sacrifice and yeah. maybe you'll get to that point yeah it, that maybe that's like a huge a huge thing but yeah, because I'm the same way. It's just, um, it wasn't until recently where I started not editing until four in the morning. And like after I got my girlfriend, uh, we have our family and stuff. It's just, I've learned sleep is amazing. Oh my God, it's phenomenal. But I will have those nights where I stay up and if I have to get it done, it has to get done. And there's that understanding that it, that just has to happen. And um, especially if it's like a project that I'm doing for like a client down south or like a commercial or something up here, like I want to get it done ASAP because it's just you need quick turnarounds and um, sometimes I'll sacrifice evenings of chill for that. And that's fine. And there's an understanding of that. But I also value the hell out of that time because I never realized like, oh, rest is so nice and saying no to things is freaking phenomenal. So um I think the biggest thing I have to work on with me though is, you know, turning my brain off when I'm out doing things and cause people know like when I'm, when I'm checked out, especially my girlfriend or text or something like they'll recognize like, Oh, he's not here right now. Cause I'm thinking about doing this and getting something done. And so I have to be very aware of that. And I've been practicing being present way more than I used to in the past. Cause again, like I, I love listening to people and being there with people, but when I get in creative mode, yeah, I just 
check out. Like, I'll just start being like, hey, yeah, and they're just not even paying attention to what's going on anymore. Yeah, start so, running off on a tangent of some idea you have. Yeah, exactly. I'll even do it in conversations. I mean, you've probably seen that already. Uh, but, like, I'll just start going off on whatever it is, and then I have to remember, okay, ground yourself, man. Like, I've, I'm really practicing that a lot lately. It's just being present and making sure that I'm there with the person. But sometimes I majorly fail at that. Yeah. Do you think your girlfriend has helped with that? Adding a little perspective to it all? Yes. 100% because um, I wasn't aware of some of the stuff that I needed to work on as far as being present. And I read all the books, but when, it's come to, when it comes to actually practicing it, it's been way <laughs> interesting because um, like, she'll be like, hey, where are you at right now? I'm like, oh, crap. And then like, I just, it, it's helped a lot anchor me for sure. Uh, because like I worked way too hard. I think like, uh, six months ago, seven months ago, I had like a massive panic attack. I've never experienced those before. And I thought I was dying, but then come to find out it was just like, I talked to my doctor and she's like, it's, it's, it's all of the late night editing. It's the stress. It's this, this, and that you were having close to 900 milligrams of caffeine every day. You were doing this. I'm like, oh, don't do it. yeah, it was so bad, dude. Like, that whole situation sucked. Like it took until I think it took, yeah, until now to really balance out again because I, I was so just scared from that panic attack um, because I was just doing way too much and um, literally thought I was having a heart attack and called the ambulance and stuff. And <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm having a heart attack. It was, it was a shitty situation. She's like, where are you? Cause I used to live out in Highsville and like I gave her the address and everything. And she's like, it's not showing up on our maps. I'm like, Wait, what do you mean it's not showing up on your maps? I was like, I'm having a heart attack. I mean, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to drive myself to the hospital. And you shouldn't do that. We'll come and get you. I'm like, no, you can't even you find can't me. You're yeah. like, yeah. And, and then, um, so I ended up doing that and found out, yeah, all, it was just due to doing way too much, not being present. And so I'm very aware of that now is just practicing that. So, yeah, it's a, it's a pain in the ass for sure. Like we'll be out on days or something. And I'll just be thinking about movie ideas or whatever it is, projects. And I should be like, where are you? Like, Sorry, my bad. So. Yeah. yeah. You just, you never know how it pans out mm -hmm. is the hard part. Cause mm -hmm. if you knew, Oh, if I work this extra night and stay up, mm -hmm. maybe it'll lead to something else. You never know how far away you are from achieving the thing. Totally. And so you could take that and you could push it off. Mm hmm. But is that setting you back five right. days, five months, five years, mm -hmm. or do you, would you be okay? Could right. you take that night out and enjoy life and yeah. not be stressed so you don't have a heart attack? Yeah, exactly. Well, and I'm way better about it now that I, that's happened. It's taught me so much, like, um, because I would rather be healthy and sane than sacrificing so much time just for an almost situation. Like, okay, if I stayed up and did this, is it going to lead to possibly like that situation or whatever it is? And I'm just, yeah, I'm just very aware of it now. And, um, it's also a thing of, you know, if that opportunity gets missed, I just remind myself that maybe it's for a good reason. Like I would have rather had that night watching the Barbie movie than and having like that genuine connection than a possibility of something, something maybe happening. Cause if like, like I believe in God and stuff, like if God wants it to happen, then it will happen and it's time. And I'm just going to focus on that. Like if it's supposed to happen, then it will show up eventually. And so I try to remain in that state. It's just, and cause I don't want to be that, that I'll hustle for sure. And I do but not at the expense of my health and stuff. I'm very adamant about that now. So. That's a healthy perspective to have. Yeah, it, 
it wasn't for i didn't get there for a while but now i'm i'm very persistent about making sure that i have like my me time and stuff and making sure that i'm taken care of like i have to work out I, if i don't do that i go crazy um and like today was arms and chest and stuff and i was just like not feeling great and i go work out I'm like yeah here we go i feel better now so yeah, if i don't have that time it drives me nuts so yeah i think that's been my one saving grace in terms of health mm-hmm. is that i enjoy working out mm-hmm. so i i normally get at least six hours of sleep yeah because any less than that and you go to the gym and it's just yeah terrible. so bad so that's Health-wise, that's been good. I think I could still work on the social aspect of mm-hmm. realizing going out with your friends one night or seeing some friends or mm-hmm. doing something with your family is not going to kill you. Exactly. But then you're just thinking about the work. <laughs> well, is this, is this all you do? Like, what, what else I do, do you this, do? I have a day job. Okay, do what do you do? Construction, freelance stuff, not related to this. Oh, dope. So it's okay. work, the gym, or I'm here doing this. Okay. My, those thoughts like my whole day. Yeah, so how often do you do these? Like, as often as I can. Okay. It depends on how much prep goes into it, and then I have to edit it on the back end, so I mm-hmm. try to space. Ideally, it would be two or three a week. Yeah. Maybe Dang. more would be better. Shoot. Definitely better, but it's the workload on the back end that kind of trips me up sometimes. Yeah. Have you thought about hiring an editor to help you I'm out there? at that point yet. I'm still at the... I am... I I can't buy my time yet. Okay. Yeah, so makes sense. Yeah. I'm still at the that. back end. Yeah, that's uh, it's nice when you can hire stuff out. Um, I've done it a couple times where I've the workload has just been way too much, and then I'll just hand stuff off to people, and it's great. So, um, I don't do it all the time, especially with like our short films and wedding stuff that we do. Uh, especially when I know the vision and how it needs to be, then I'll do pretty much everything. But if I feel like okay, somebody else needs to touch this and do it, then I'll hire that out. But um yeah and, and with this are you trying to go like full-time podcasting or i mean that would be great if that yeah out you know what are you doing for that as far as marketing yourself <sighs> that's the right that's the challenge i recently fairly recently which is not great mm-hmm. but started getting into the short game mm-hmm. doing tiktoks yeah stuff like that and that gets traction but mm-hmm. it's just you have to do that consistently you have to yeah. do that day in and day out you got to post shorts you got to post clips mm-hmm. i i need to buy a marketing book and like really Dude. dedicate some time to actually learning that art it's it's so hard to find something that because it's always changing like all that stuff is always evolving yeah, one day the algorithm's doing this the next yeah. you gotta change and do these hashtags or something or switch to this style right i just decided one day to say fuck it to the algorithm because i am just i mean even with the people that i work with and do stuff and post for like i just stay consistent with what it is that i'm doing and stop focusing so much on the algorithm like i'll with my wedding stuff i'll post like well with the hashtag wedding film wedding videographer yada 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 but that's pretty much where i keep it and i don't go around like putting way too much effort into that stuff because what small audience that i have they're really consistent and i'd rather just do that and then the word of mouth thing goes out and i get work and so it's just kind of like yeah um but I saw that you were posting like more shorts and stuff on YouTube and which is great. And like, how do you choose the thing? Like for each short, are you just like, okay, that's a good soundbite when you're talking to the person you're like, oh, okay, that's dope. I need to write that down. Or? I have no, no, I just, I'll watch back through the podcast and okay. clip things, but I still haven't figured out what the magic secret is in that. Cause yeah. I've clipped things thinking, oh, this is going to rip. Yeah. And it gets like five views. Yeah. And then you clip something that's like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. like I'll put this out and it just, tears it up yeah and i haven't quite 
found figured that. out the magic in that yet. So what's been something that's really kind of popped off? I, guess. I had one the other day that just popped off on Instagram and it was like a five second quote mm-hmm. that this guy was saying on the podcast. And What'd I didn't say? think, and he said some quote about, you know, the greatest sin of life is going to your grave with your music still trapped inside of you. Damn. And I didn't think yeah. anything of that. I just yeah. clipped that because I was like, oh, that's a cool quote. Yeah. And threw it up and it just... Just blew up. Just ripped. Yeah, that's, I mean, it goes back to what's going to resonate with your audience. See, that's the challenge though, yeah. is I'm constantly pissing off my audience, which probably- <laughs> Why? Because the content of this varies so much. Yeah. Like we're talking about this right now. Yesterday yeah. I was talking to a meteorologist about tornadoes. Oh, I just started watching that before I came over here. Yeah. I yeah. I haven't gone through all yet. I've, I like- going into some controversy because I'm interested about a lot of things. So I'll post some controversial clips. And so, yeah, you gain a couple hundred subscribers, but then you lose a couple hundred the next day. And there's no, you know, when they say, oh, if you're going to start something, find a niche Mm -hmm. and just play to your niche. Right. But you're like, I'm not doing that. that. I went the opposite way and started playing to a ton of different things. I'm in favor of you not finding just an itch and that's that's it. Like I tell everybody I it's like better that it's way. way better because if people can expect the same thing, I even tell that to like musicians and stuff, if people expect the same thing, it's just going to get so boring. Like people want to watch you evolve. People that I mean that's what people resonate with is when you're constantly just reinventing yourself and figuring things out about yourself and just like bringing people in on the process. Um like that's huge. Like I love the fact that you've had certain people on and stuff. Like I watched, uh, was it Cladworthy? What's his name? Um, yeah, Gordon. Yeah, Cladworthy. Gordon. Yeah. So like I watched a little bit of that, especially when he hit to the homeless stuff. Because I was like, I work in Old Town, and yeah, you're in the face of it. My, I almost got freaking stabbed today. That was great. Uh, but it's just like I deal with that stuff constantly, and so I'm like watching like his perspective on that, and like we fundamentally disagree on that kind of stuff. Um, but it's just like, I love how diverse that you go with stuff. Like you had, uh, I think Bethany, oh my gosh, how do you say her last name? She's a pastor, uh, from Arcata, but you had her on and you had Eli and all that stuff. And it's so good to have all of that stuff because yeah, Bethany actually was Scott's podcast. Shout out to Scott. Okay. Humboldt. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. That, that was uh, pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, he films in here too. So it can get a little, you see the same background and you're like, oh, oh so oh. it's the same. Okay. Got it. Oh, are you like. Yeah, I started there? renting out the studio Dude, quite smart. a while ago. It was just something to, you know, add a little extra income to the super good expenditure of this project. Yeah, no, that's super good. Yeah, it's, uh, no, I love that you're diverse and all that stuff. It's, it's awesome. And I think that that's the niche right there is just being able to have conversations with people that you completely disagree with or whatever it is, or even agree with. And just being able to have like a respectful dialogue is I love that is when I can get together with somebody and we're like, dude, we're so opposite, but we're still choosing to just like have connection and respectfully have a conversation and stuff. So uh, have, like, have what's been an episode where you've really had like a lot of pushback? Because like, that's the one I kind of want to see. I, <laughs> any of the trans stuff okay, goes yeah. a little, can get dicey. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Yeah. I've had, I've only really had one where it got hot between me and the guest. Okay. That one went a little sideways. Did you post it or like? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you still do it. Okay. I've been fortunate. So now, I mean, I've never, I've had a couple that I didn't release in the beginning because the guest yeah. wasn't, you know, after the fact wasn't jiving with it, mm-hmm. but now it's just, everything goes out yeah. and I don't edit it because I don't want people thinking, Hey, did he cut something? Oh, out? totally. Is yeah. He, like, fiddling or something. So 
that can get a little painful because you do one and it sucks and you're like, I gotta fucking <laughs> put this out there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the same thing. Like when I did my podcast was the, I didn't cut anything because I wanted it to be real and all that stuff. And I pissed some people off too. It wasn't even about bad stuff. It was like, I think we were talking about aliens one time. Just went off on a tangent about that, like how we don't know. Like you can think all day long, like, oh, there's only human beings. And I said something about like, the moment that you um, decide that you think or that you, you think you understand God and the creation and all that stuff and think that that's it, that's when you have a very small mind. And I pissed quite a lot of people off because it's like we have no idea any of that stuff. And so that's the extent I've gone. I haven't gone as brutal. as It's so that. easy to piss people off online. Yeah. You just it's have annoying. to breathe into the microphone and somebody's going to get mad. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's really annoying. So I, yeah, kudos to you for putting yourself out there and having these conversations. Cause I think they're crucial. Like I love the fact that you're doing this. Cause when I saw your stuff come up, um, a couple months ago and i was like okay this dude's gonna try to become the next joe rogan of humboldt county let's go <laughs> like, yeah you can dope. tell that it's very <laughs> i've definitely been influenced by rogan i mean that was yeah why not huge podcast that i listened to for yeah. still listen to i mean i've consumed a lot of that content yeah same so what are your go-to podcasts is it joe and it's joe i don't know if you know the brilliant idiots i've That's heard a of fun it yeah. one okay um breaking points is more of a news one yeah Mm-hmm. Those are kind of my three that I'm always cycling through. That's awesome. That's good. Yeah. And that's smart of you to like rent this place out too. That's super dope. And like what's, so that you want to do this full time. And then, so that's helping you get to that point. But is there like other stuff that you're like super passionate about? Yeah. I want to get into, you know, shooting short films, I think would be. Do you great. really? Yeah. I've done some acting work and really enjoyed it and put that kind oh, of yeah. side to do this. Do you have anything out? No, 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 no. Or do you and you're just hiding it? No, I don't. Okay. I don't. I've had some... <laughs> no, nothing. nothing's out there. I was thinking like... I, I know. I just let like, wait a minute. <laughs> I did... not Nothing acting-wise. I did before doing this quite a few years ago when yeah, I was still in fans. college. No. Okay. I missed out on that way. <laughs> I am on Feet Finder, though. So if you want, a, if you want my Dude, QR code. same. For real. Yeah, that's. I'm doing really well there, actually. Yeah. But, Helps pay the bills, you yeah, know. Yeah, you have pay to rent. pay the bills. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. 100%. I'm not going to judge. So, yeah. Have, I did do a... I was moto vlogging for a while. Okay. That was kind of the precursor to actually doing the podcast. And oh. then I realized, oh, I can't keep a conversation going with myself. So we got to, yeah, we got to change this format. Yeah. And has it been like smooth sailing with this or have you like had some like, I mean, what have you done to prep yourself to be able to have conversations with people like with asking questions and all that jazz? Like, so was that a skill that you've always had or what did you do to get good at that? I don't think I'm good at it right now. Really? Yeah. So what do you think that you need to work on? Everything. If you don't mind me asking, I don't want to like, no, 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 yeah, everything. Pulling the mask off. (laughs) No, I think everything. I think there's so much to still work on. Mm -hmm. Keeping coherent conversations going. Yeah. I think everybody is interesting. You just have to find the thing that they're interesting about. Yeah. And so I've done a lot of bad podcasts Mm -hmm. where you're just kind of pulling and pulling and not getting anywhere. Yeah. Just an hour of. Just like, you cool. just looking at each other. Yeah, exactly. Those are so hard. I had that happen a couple of times with people that I Those interviewed. Are painful oh podcasts. my God. Yeah. I thought like I'd bring on a guest and I thought they, they were going to be killing it because they're big on social media and yada, yada, yada. And I, I deleted so many because they just couldn't follow through. They were great at doing like the 15 second, 20 second thing. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, this sucks. So 
Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, okay. So what are the, like, let's say three things, if you're going to say three things that you absolutely need to say, it's the keeping conversations going like asking questions kind of thing, or like, what do you think is your top three? My top three areas of improvement. Yes. I'm glad that you can interpret what I'm trying to say. No, that was, that, no, yeah. you, <laughs> well, I was just kind of repeating it to get my brain going here. Yeah. Not using filler words is always oh, a challenge and mm-hmm. not adding unnecessary filler. Mm-hmm. So fluff words like yes mm-hmm. or okay. Right. Or, oh, that's interesting. Just things that are just noises that I'm kind of giving to the guest. Mm-hmm. But when you play back the audio, they just take away from the conversation. That's a big one. Yep. I think I still have to improve. I'm not satisfied with the lighting. So this is more of a studio thing. So I'm still mm-hmm. tweaking the setup a little bit. Yeah. I don't know if that one counts. I eh, I can. Yeah. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll say it. Yeah. I think I'm not sure if I've exactly dialed in my prep work. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that would look like if I did dial it in. Yeah. Still feel like that's an area of improvement is coming yeah. in prepared. However, that looks to the conversation. I've been bitten yeah. in the ass a couple of times where I, th- I knew enough to hang myself mm-hmm. and then walked right into the news <laughs> in the conversation. Yep. Those are rough podcasts. Oh man. And I think not getting emotional, mm-hmm. I think is probably the biggest one. Cause sometimes you're having a heated conversation and mm-hmm. if the guest is going sideways, I'll start going sideways and it just, yeah, I can get a little heated if we're talking about some of the trans stuff or something like yeah. that. It's just. It's not even heated. It just can get a little uncomfortable right. in the room. And then maybe people start shutting down. It takes away from the conversation. Oh, so man. working on just keeping it, even though we're talking about something difficult, mm-hmm. keeping it light yeah, to some extent. So what's your anchor in those situations to pull you out of? So you are you, would you say you're a, a uh, emotional person, like a reactionary more so? or No. I think I can feed off energy and sometimes that can backfire. So if the guest is getting worked up. Then you're going to start. Yeah, I can get a little worked up. So it's just. So what pulls you back and makes you realize you have some kind of like. And the conversation. You're just like, I'm done. Shut it down. Oh, dude. Yeah. Like I, in those situations, I'll have little reminders like written out or something like that. That I'll keep with me just to keep me grounded. And so I don't react or anything or I'll remember something that. I read or whatever, because um, I get in some ten- in some intense conversations, especially like when it comes to trans stuff or like all that, yeah, all that stuff. Like I am just like <laughs> tread that so lightly because I don't want people to be reactionary in those conversations. And you got to be able to like if I know the person can't hang, we I will just tell them I can tell this isn't going to go anywhere, so we're not going to have this conversation. That's my problem. Yeah. Is I will have the conversation. Yeah, I stop it. Yeah. Because I know that it's just gonna be unhealthy and stuff. And if you could foresee that and I'm not right all the time, but if I can tell body language, if I can tell that they're gonna start coming at me or they are starting to come at me with little things, I'm like, okay, are you capable of having having this conversation without attacking each other? And I'll just check in and if they can't do it, then I will end it because I don't wanna waste my energy on talking to somebody that's just gonna start fighting just to fight. Because I I always want to have a dialogue where it's just super respectful. And I know it's not going to happen all the time. Like we're human. We're going to fail at doing that. But like, I want to learn so much from every walk of life, from everybody that does whatever profession. Like I love like with construction stuff or whatever it is, like we're working with a company now where 
I didn't really follow construction anything. And then we started doing this uh, YouTube show for them. And I'm learning all this stuff about construction. And I'm like, oh, shit, this is so dope. I love like def- how detailed you have to be to build these houses, yada, yada, yada. But um, yeah, I if I can tell a person is just going to sh- try to shut me down and then just try to be prove a point or whatever it is just to do it and to cause shit, then I'm out. I, I can't do it. So it's hard. It's challenging. Mm-hmm. And I think most people just suck at actual using words to formulate how they really feel and mm-hmm. separating themselves from their ideas. And this yeah. is coming from somebody that struggles with that myself. Same. But yeah. it's, you have to do that because mm-hmm. if you're attached to your idea and it's a sensitive topic or it's a challenging idea, yeah, you're going to, it's going to get confrontational. Dude, you have to yeah. be able to pull yourself away from that and realize I'm not this idea. I think this way, mm-hmm. but if I'm presented with better information, I'll change. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I, I check in with myself constantly in those situations. Like, um, if I don't know about a subject or whatever it is, I will tell whatever it is. I will say, I don't know but I'm willing to learn and I always try to remain in that position. Like, cause I have friends in the trans community and all that. And, um, like I am always asking, like, I don't understand your world at all, but I want to, and I want you to explain to me this stuff or whatever it is. And just, and it's done pretty well for me. Like I've never like, cause I don't care what the hell you do. Like, I don't give a shit. it's just, I just want to understand. And that's why I tell people I'm a sponge. I always say I am a sponge. I'm willing to learn. And yeah, so because I've had those conversations too, and it just gets way too heated. And I'm like, okay, I want to, if you're not going to be willing to teach, then I don't want to talk. And it's unfortunate because how do you learn about something that you're not confronted with Mm -hmm. if you can't ask questions to somebody who is? Exactly. Yeah. Like I have friends in that community where they knew like my background and stuff because like I, I came from the church background and all that jazz and I had one way of thinking. And it was like, um, after I left the church and then like got into the real world, like I had friends that were super gracious in that community where I asked, like, I don't know what you want to be called. I don't understand this. Like literally, like I had a day where I broke down because I was like so sensitive to it because I just saw people being hurt and I'm like, okay, I want to be one of those people that like is actually there for you and understands you. And so I had like a couple people that I go to, like, I don't understand this concept. I don't understand this. Please explain it to me. And they were amazing about it. And now I like have a whole new understanding and it's just freaking awesome. So like those are the people I love being around where they're not like, well, you know what? Like, whoa, I just want to, I want to know you, like, just teach me. And so like, I've been blessed enough with friends from that community that are just like badass at teaching that kind of stuff. So, but I still don't go out and like have debates about it and all that just because that's not my thing. That's, I'm not going to do that, but yeah. It's important to have people around you like that. Yeah. You can actually talk to or advice for challenging ideas for mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. and they're not going to get defensive right get upset mm-hmm. you say hey what do you think about this mm-hmm. i'm not really sure yeah yeah so yeah it's uh yeah with i i mean i just uh, draw boundaries i'm really good about drawing boundaries with people in those in situations where it's like heavy conversations and all that stuff if see i walk right in I'm yeah like, well, let's see where you're this like goes. you're fueling that fire and ready to, so like okay so you're you feed off of people and have you is there something that you're practicing now though to help you with getting out of like a really intense situation where you know like okay i'm gonna be reactionary here like i'm gonna be super emotional i should probably not do this or you just go for it anyway i have gotten better at bringing the level down as we go through that. If I can sense that it's starting to 
heighten and we're starting to get a little worked up, I can usually, oh, I don't know how subtle it is mm-hmm. for somebody else that's watching, but I yeah. would say somewhat subtly bring us back to a baseline. Yeah. And then we can continue. I haven't had anybody walk out yet. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to happen. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) It hasn't happened yet. I'm sure it will, but Mm -hmm. I think I've got a fairly good grasp on bringing us back when it starts to go. Yeah, I've seen you do that a couple times where I forgot which one it was. It was a while ago. It was like kind of when you were first starting or maybe it was, but I just remember a conversation that you were having where you could tell it was kind of getting a little heated. But you were really good about feeling the room and trying to just ask questions around. I freak, I, I'm going to have to, I'll text it to you later or whatever. But like, I remember you just like wordsmithing it out of a really chaotic situation. I'm like, okay, there we go. That's dope. Okay, good job. Yeah, it's probably more just luck than anything now that yeah. I'm thinking about it. But well, if you feed off of people, I think like that's a really good skill because you can feel, okay, we need to go this direction. And I know how to calm them down, like, and you, cause you can tell you're very attentive. And so you're pretty good about like, okay, being calm with that person. If they're, they're super reactionary, like you lower your voice a little bit and you start to go down a little bit. And like, I think that's kind of what it, you started to do, but I'll have to watch it again, but, or find it. But yeah, it's, uh, that's what I try to do too, is like match people. If they're going to be, you know, well, and not in that situation, I'm not going to get angry with people. I'm not going to do that. Like, I'll definitely just be like, all right. We're, we're going to, let's calm down. Let's wait a second, like take a breather and take a couple minutes and then come back to the conversation if we want to. But yeah. I think what gets me is the uncomfortability of it. Because mm-hmm. if the guests were just getting upset, yeah. if it wasn't uncomfortable, I think I would have a much better chance at reining us back in quicker. Mm-hmm. But then I can sense that they're getting uncomfortable so that I'm kind of feel like I'm on my back foot trying to, okay, let's, let's bring it back in. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I love being uncomfortable and the awkwardness of situations because i love addressing it it's like are you feeling this right now we're both feeling this awkwardness why let's figure that out like i love being that guy where it's like yeah we both fucking feel weird right now. <laughs> let's talk about it well that's a good tactic to have when you're working with people yeah yeah exactly so. it's like we have to address this so mm-hmm. we can move through it yeah and it's not going to be the end of the world so let's just What's going on here? Why are we being weird to each other? Yeah. And so back to the prep stuff. So when you're prepping, like what did you do for today, if anything? Well, for yours, yours was an easy one because I figured we'd just get in here and talk. Yeah. And that's Mm -hmm. what most of the prep work is. I went through all of your work. Mm -hmm. Went through. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, they were good. They were good. (laughs) I enjoyed it. It was harder finding like a lot of your skits. I know you and text kind of share cross platform post stuff. Yeah. It was harder digging into a lot of your your work that way so yeah. a lot of the skits with him i didn't really see i saw clips mm-hmm. that would be on instagram i saw your burrito hunt oh on god YouTube, yeah, that, that, a little thing, bit. that thing oh my god <laughs> i saw your your documentary that was from a year ago maybe oh yeah was the, they call me not, mother yeah yeah that was crazy oh man that were was, you actually where were you guys somewhere no so that was um there's two uh cinematographers on that one was in texas and one was in uh myanmar and so they would send me hard drives and I, I was here and we worked on that for a while. Um, that was supposed to go to Cannes Film Festival. And then I think there was talk about it going on Netflix, but it wasn't, I don't think it wasn't long enough or something like that. I don't remember what the logistics of that was, but I know it was supposed to hit Cannes. Um, that was an intense edit, dude. You want to talk about editing, like long form stuff like that was brutal because you're sent 
terabytes of just footage that you have to go through and it was so unorganized like i'm very meticulous about how i organize my footage and when these dps would send me the footage it was just just a mess of stuff and i was not a happy camper like it paid really well but i was just like oh my god if i ever you know lead a documentary of this magnitude we're doing it yeah there's gonna be structure but um that one was so hard to edit in the emotional sense as well because of the stuff that i had to watch i just was scarred for life and still am like i'll have nightmares about it because of some of the things i had to oh my god it was brutal um but did yeah. you film any of the stuff that was stateside uh no that was all a guy out of texas uh he had like a red epic or something that he just bought just for fun and i'm like okay i wish i had that money like because that's a thirty-five thousand dollar camera just for the body alone and all the accessories are crazy expensive but um so i didn't film any of it i just did all of the editing and that was i mean it was a ton of fun but super super stressful because just how unorganized the footage was so but after i found my flow i realized how much i really enjoy editing and crafting a story because they literally just sent me whatever they could film and i get it uh (laughs) but it was it was fun just like actually making it make sense because i love puzzles and just understanding we're trying to make things make sense and all that. So how do you approach that? Because if you're just getting your, this is your first time seeing the footage is when mm-hmm. you're editing it. Yeah. How are you creating the story for how it's going to flow? And when you yeah. have terabytes of footage, mm-hmm. did you watch through it all to kind of get a sense of the direction you want to go through? Yeah. Oh, that's rough. So I had to watch through everything. And then, um, like I had the, the script, it was a very, very rough script. And it was again, one of those situations of if I was the director in it and not knocking the director, love him. He's great. Um, I would have been a little bit more organized with the script because I had an idea of like, I know how to make this way more badass than what I've been sent. But it's again, one of those things when you're hired to do a job, you just do the job. You're not the director. You're not the writer. Um, well, there wasn't a writer, but you're there to serve somebody else's vision. And I really had to keep my ego in check there because it was this amazing freaking story about um, this lady that had a orphanage in her family for like 120 years or something like that. And she took in all these kids and these refugees and and stuff and from these war-torn countries, just everywhere. Like literally she used just like an open house. If she could house like everybody, she totally, or like all these kids, she would have. And she just has an amazing story. And so um, it was about her, but then like watching that footage and just like her story, like I just felt like it could have been done in a way where it was a little bit more impactful because it came off like, um, it, it just came off of, please send me money. And there's like this organization back in the day called called a uh, world vision where you like send in money and adopt a child or whatever, and like send them like 30 bucks a month or whatever. The, the documentary ended up feeling like that when I could have, when I felt like her, her story could have been emphasized more and what's going on over there could have been emphasized a lot more as well, because it's brutal stuff, man. Like I watched friggin' uh, parents, their heads being smashed in by rice cookers and stuff by like, it's, it was, it was intense. And so like, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like there was some footage where I was editing where I'm just bawling. Cause it's just like, how could a human being be so brutal to another human being? I mean, we got like murder and all this other stuff, but like when you watch just innocent people just being completely just, yeah, it's just not, 
was not great. And so I felt like that some of that needed to be in there because it emphasizes like, this is how the world is. We live in this disgusting world and like, there's a lot of beauty to it too. But um, like when there's stories like this that needed to be told, like I felt like it could have just been done so much better. And I had a great learning process with it. It's just, again, I care about people and I care about story and I felt like it could have been more impactful. And especially this lady, uh, Miss Emerald, she gave her entire life to serve other people, literally just, and that's like, that's all she ever did and her family as well. And so it just, it, it, I mean, it was a job and it just felt like we just danced around the reality of the situation. And so I have my edit of it. I can't post it anywhere, but I have my edit because it felt like it served her honor better than and honor her better than what I put out there. What was the limiting factor in that? Um, it have to be. So in, in the, in the church world, like you can only do so much reality, like as far as like what's really going on in the world and all that stuff. And I felt, I think, like, I think it, what it was is they were going to show this in churches and show this in like, in, in that arena and stuff. And I think they needed it to be just a little bit more tame. So that way the point got across and I get it. The point got across and people can make the donations and all that stuff. And, um, that's pretty much it is it just need to be a little bit more tame where I'm like, okay, we need a, like a rated R version to really wake the church up and be like, this is really what's going on. Be uncomfortable because this is, this is a reality. And I don't like it when people turn their head to things that are going on that need to be addressed. So I think that's part of what it was. It's just a church thing. You so. lose a lot of the impact when you sugarcoat something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially in that scenario, because um, it was nuts, man. Like I was sent some crazy footage and yeah, I wish I could post it, but um, I don't think I signed an NDA. I think we're okay. No, I didn't sign an NDA. I just signed a contract to do it. Okay. Yeah. I'd have to make Did sure. you send them your copy? No, no. Cause um, I, with the director, uh, I told them, I, mean, I, I did make my opinion known that I think um, and I kind of overstepped for sure my boundaries or the boundaries that were put in that whole hierarchy of how that works. Um, I told him like how I feel like it should go and they didn't want that. And again, you're, they're signing the checks. You just serve their vision and that's it. I just, the justice side of me is like, damn it, this could have been so dope. But um, yeah, it's just one of those things where you just got to serve their vision and move along and it's a job. So paid my bills for a while that's a hard aspect of doing a project like this where you're not in total control of it yeah is you could have the vision for how it could be so much better Mm -hmm. or potentially better even yeah and it's just no that's not what we're looking for yeah and that again going back to ego is like i always do self-checks in the creative world and whatever we're doing with um my ego and i'm always asking okay how's it doing like i'll even I'll, i'll address i'll imagine my ego in front of me and just be like hey how's it going are we going to be like kind of like wound up today or are we going to be chill? And that was one of those situations where I learned to control that because I just, I, I, there's times where I know I can make something better for sure. And that was one of those times. And I just had to remind myself when I have my mentors that are like, when you get hired for a job, you just do it. You can't, you have to learn. You cannot change it when you're not the director, when you're not the one in charge of this project, it's not your project. Okay. I got it. So, yeah that's a that's a hard pill to swallow oh it was yeah i and the director and i um butted heads a a couple times because i just kept we would text and be like dude 
if we did this, this, and this, it would just make the impact even greater than what is being put out there right now with this assembly that we have. And no, that's not what they want. <sighs> okay. And then he could tell I had attitude and our text and stuff. And luckily he's like the most gracious dude. And so, yeah, cause that was like one of my bigger projects that I've done. Um, got me an IMDB credit, which yeah, I can do so much with that, <laughs> but it's still cool. But yeah, it's, it's uh anyway, yeah, I just care about story and I just care about people. And so I just wanted that story to be told in a way where it was just, it just honor again, honored Miss Emerald. And it just kind of, for me, it just didn't feel like it. So. It just became this, hey, send us money. Yeah. Look at what's going on. Yeah. We're going to gloss over some parts, but we yeah. need the funds. Yeah, it's, oh my God. Yeah, dude, I, I wish I could post my edit because it, it, my edit's an hour and 45. I think that was 34 minutes, something like that, because it went to more of the history of who this person um, is. I don't know if she's still with us because she, at the time, was 80-something, um, and she was having some health stuff. Um, actually, I have to check in. I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, so... Yeah, it's just one of those things. And um, if I could get away with it, I would post it, but I'm not going to. Yeah, that's a good way to open <laughs> some litigation. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was that was that was a fun one. I love um, editing documentaries; they're great. And uh, yeah, I want to do more for sure. Um, I'm always looking for some kind of story to get behind and like see if it's like worth the time and the effort and stuff. Because it's just yeah, like a while ago, I was doing. Uh, a documentary series around here doing like the homeless stuff like i was interviewing a bunch of people and then i found out somebody from hsu was doing it too um so i just kind of stopped but like i was going into camps and like asking people why are you this way like just straight up being like what are you doing because i wanted to know like i didn't again i didn't understand the situation and it's because it's not I mean, getting into that, it's not just a blanketed solution for stuff like i hear a lot of people will say like um you know, we'll build housing for people and that's going to fix everything. I'm like, no, because it's not. Yeah. It, and I won't get too much into it, but at the same time, it's like, so I, I want to ask some people, they were just weren't mentally there. They have no idea. And so, you, so you can't just be like, I'm going to give you a house. Congratulations. And then you're going to be better. Like, no, you have to look at that situation and, and find a solution for that specific situation. There's some guys that I interviewed, um, where, they were just straight up criminals and they love that lifestyle because they can get away with it. And so then there was like people that are genuinely down their luck where it was like sad to watch. It's like they, it was like a job thing or whatever, ex-military, whatever it was. And um, I had, I, I did a bunch of interviews and it was just crazy. Like some of the stories that I was getting and I felt like those needed to be out there. So that way people can gain understanding rather than just being like, Oh, we just need to get rid of them. Or we just need to get housing. Oh, we just need to do this. It's like, it's, it's specific in every situation. You can't just blanket and just say things. Like you can't, like that's what drives me crazy with people is you can't just say quotes for social media that sound good to get you somewhere. That five second sound bite. Yeah, exactly. Like that Build more housing. Out. Yeah. No, that's like anybody that says, <laughs> and I'm sorry, but anybody that says I'm, building more housing is going to fix the homeless situation. And that whole whatever is going on there is completely ignorant of the reality of it. Like I see it every day and there's some people where I like, I'll genuinely connect with on the street and like, 
um, hang out with them and talk to them and just get to know their story and stuff. And there's some really good people out there, but then there's some guys where they're just, that's, they love that lifestyle and they love getting hired by local people to do things like some of them guard businesses because of how crazy the the homeless uh, situation is getting. So I found that out through talking to some of them. And like, I remember one story was, uh, we were at the store one day and, uh, some guy came in, just walked in and stole some stuff from us. And I'm like, okay, I'm done. And I start chasing him. Cause I can't do anything. In the store. I'm not going to do anything in general because I'm not a fighter. I was just like the justice side of me is like, bro, you don't just walk in, steal shit and then run away. Um, so I'm like, this guy steals a couple things and books it down, um, second street. Um, and I'm like running and I'm like a bigger dude. And so I can't keep up with him. He's super skinny and just like booking it. Well, he's and, probably uh, on meth. Too. Yeah, he's probably. Yeah. He's just like going for star. it. Oh my God. Like I was so shocked because he was super lazy coming in. But then when he left, just all hell broke loose and he was just gone. I'm running. And then all of a sudden I hear footsteps behind me. And I'm like, oh God, this is how I go. And there's like three or four homeless people behind me. And they're like, what did he do? What did he do? I'm like, well, he stole this, this, and this. Don't worry, brother. We got you. Starts running after this guy. And gets him, gets our merchandise back, and then we never see him again. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. But it's just like, yeah, it's it's crazy uh, down there in Old Town. Just the stuff that yeah, we Yeah, Mantovas, you guys are... Right there. On the front <laughs> yeah. line. Yeah, we're literally right there. Like, I've almost been stabbed. Um, I've had a couple of homeless guys, like, put... A hit out for me because I looked at them the wrong way apparently and then like but luckily we have enough relationship with the people down there where it's like hey that he said this this, and this and um, they're really good about getting those guys under control um, but it's nuts man like some of this like when people talk about I don't know it just drives me crazy when they're like oh we should do this this and this I'm like have you actually been down there and like you hang around down there because it's intense like I know really good people that are serving food and trying to help change perspectives and mindsets of the people that are living on the streets. Cause that's a huge part of it too, is like they've adapted to the streets and they've got this mentality of that's all that they're going to be now. It's and like prison. Yeah, exactly. It's like adopting, you go into prison mm-hmm. and then you become a hardened criminal yeah. because you have to, to survive. Yeah, exactly. And so, and it's just in, a, in those situations is just teaching them like, and I don't know the solution. I'm not going to pretend like I know the solution, but it's like, I, from the mindset end of things it's like just get to know them see where they're at and then start creating a solution around that like if somebody's just adopted this mentality of like that's all they're going to ever do and all they're ever going to be and they're just genuinely down on their luck like help sit them down and like rewrite that story in their brain rewire their brain with them and get them to believe in themselves again and um, help, help them gain understanding better understanding of the self and how to be successful to get out of this um, just giving them a house isn't going to do it. Like, and it could, like, it could be a special case where it's like, Hey, you have a house now. And then they're like, yes, amazing. But it's not, I personally believe it's not going to be that simple. And well, it's not. Yeah. It's definitely not. Definitely not. The problem so. is people want to treat this like it's a black and white issue. Right. But you have, like you said, you have veterans who mm-hmm. are homeless. You have people who got a, a bum deal of cards yeah. and are homeless. Then you have people who are, have serious mental health issues mm-hmm. who are severely unstable. Right. And they're also on the street. Yeah. And the criminals. And if you put these people into a house mm-hmm. that doesn't solve any of those problems. No. Doesn't no, no. solve the mental health, doesn't solve the criminal aspect. You're just, 
removing them from the street and putting them out of sight. Yeah. And then when they blow up, it's, well, we don't, we don't see it. So it's not as bad. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's just, that's crazy to me is that whole thing. And again, I'm not going to pretend like I know solutions for it. I just, I see it on the daily and um i just don't like how it just gets treated and there's people that are trying but i just don't like how it gets treated like it's just let's house them put them away and so we can have old town look good it's a talking point yeah exactly let's solve homelessness yeah and it's okay like when i get around people that say stuff like that i'm like what do you want to do and And it's all the same shit yeah exactly it's like oh uh well check out my website and see where i stand for this this and that i'm like all right Oh, so you just copy and pasted what every politician says that's trying to get into some kind of office. Congratulations, you are not unique. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... Okay, yeah, now I'm getting heated. But <laughs> but I just like... Yeah, if you have solution, then come to the table. Or if you can facilitate solution, come to the table. But don't, like, jerk us all along and tell us all these talking points and stuff and just not deliver i've seen that time and time again here and it's just and we don't yeah. have to run into the same brick wall exactly i'm all for us trying things i think we need same. to try a bunch of different things yeah but if we've tried it yeah and it doesn't work right we don't have to try try it but flavor it slightly different 15 more times because oh exactly. maybe it'll work this time yeah it's not gonna work no let's move on to the next idea right yeah and um yeah so i again i'm not like too involved with the political world at all whatsoever and um i've always wanted to be but I just, I'm a filmmaker. I'm not, I'm not that guy. Um, I'm not going to pretend that I am because I don't want to ever, I'm like I was saying, if I don't know about the subject, I'm going to say, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend and just to get popular with people and have sound bites and all that stuff. I just want to see everybody successful and whatever that looks like. And, um, and if there's stuff around here that people are actually trying to fix that stuff, then I want to know about it. And I, I just, I just know just seeing it every day, just, it's taxing and it's just sad. And so like you got businesses that are trying to do things and they, it's, it's hard to expand and it's hard to, yeah. When you've got all this stuff going on. So, and I'm tired of almost getting the shit kicked out of me and stabbed and stuff. Like it's not fun. (laughs) Understandably going to work with the threat of getting shanked is not, yeah, that's not a good day. Yeah. Like when we have to like walk out of the store with, you know, we get, we have like lessons and all that stuff done there with like kids and all that jazz. And I've heard it from parents over and over again. Like, I, uh, like, I think we're going to be done because we can't risk this yada, yada, yada. And like, we have to walk people out because I mean, we're in a shitty location in general. Yeah, uh, it's just, rough. yeah, it's really rough, but it's still at the same time. It's like, if you care so much about Eureka and we've got like this love Eureka, I love Eureka thing, love all of it. And find solution for it. Don't just say that to make a sticker to put on the back of your car, but like actually come with solution. Like there's nothing being done down there. Like the guys that are running the mission are doing a great job and doing everything that they can. Like we talk to them all the time. They're killing it. But it's just the people that can actually do things. I haven't really seen them in the last four or five years do anything. And so it's just, I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe it's like one of those conspiracy things where people are paid off and just gain something from it. I have no idea. Like, I, my mind goes to, like, a script where I'm like, oh, maybe city council's paid for by yeah, this. Yeah, what's the dark end on this? Yeah, exactly. That, that's where my brain goes, but I try not to do that too much. I just, yeah. Well, there's a lot of money to be made in the business of homelessness. Mm-hmm. 
And if you solve homelessness, all that money goes away. All those people with those jobs mm-hmm. suddenly displaced. And I wish that people would just come out and say stuff like that and just and just straight up be just like, just be honest. Yeah, you, we we're make not going to solve this problem because yeah. I'm making two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year Boom. coming up with a way to solve this problem. Yeah. I would love to hear people say that than just, and this is probably, again, probably an ego thing or, or whatever it is thing with me is just, I'm a justice person. And it's, if you're just going to lie to us constantly, like, I mean, just at least say you're making bank and just, just tell honest. the truth. Just be, I would rather have that than being strung along with the possibility of this person being set up for success and tra- changing their life around, maybe, possibly, yada, yada, yada. Like, I don't. Good. And that's just where I need to remove myself from the situation and be like, okay, yeah, that's, they're just doing talking points. It's, it's fine. I just, yeah. Um, I would rather you be a piece of shit and be honest. Yes. Than lie to me and try to be a saint. Yeah. I, and that's, I, I love when people are just straight up honest about that. Like I don't plan on doing anything. I plan on just being, doing it, cash my checks and call it good. It's like, then say that so we can all see you let's so we can see your dirty laundry and all that stuff but again going to your point of you know it, people make money off of it then because again i don't know and so if they do then good on you but say something so that i don't know i, I that i live in that world where you could just be completely transparent and but not a lot of people will be that so i think that's a happier world to live in the one yeah. you're in i love movies making cool <laughs> shit i think that is way better than going down yeah. the grimy road of politics yeah and that's like i mean i've always had a passion for it and um stuff but mainly just studying it because like uh, i hate when people say like uh politics sucks politics is dirty it's like no it's that age-old thing it's just the politicians they're they're the ones that are the ones that are twisted that are doing this this and that there's nothing wrong with politics if you can get like civil people to sit down in like whatever city council whoever i don't know who runs what and just have an open conversation of and be vulnerable with each other and just make solutions for things and just actually do it that'd be freaking awesome but yeah you just gotta remove those people that are just I don't know, making money off the system and stuff. And We've let advantage. it devolve too far. Yeah. Is the problem because now yeah. no good person wants to run. Right. And then you've got, you know, Mitch McConnell over here having heart attacks every five seconds. <laughs> Dude, and what Feinstein happened just, They're just <laughs> wheeling her in and out as like a photo op. And yeah. then Biden's saying that he's at the 9-11 memorial on the 12th, but he wasn't. He was on the Senate. I mean, you just have- Wait, did he really? Oh, yeah. What? He just tried to- Well, he lies all the time. I mean- Oh, is, that's crazy. The question is, that. does he know he's lying? Or is he just yeah. so far gone that he thinks he's just, just yeah. living these alternate lives? Dude, that's so, yeah. But those oh are our politicians. Yeah. Three mm-hmm. incredibly powerful politicians. Mm-hmm. And are they... What are they doing? What are they doing? Yeah. Do they, are they even aware that yeah. one of them's having heart attacks, the other is just... <laughs> that Mitch McConnell power thing was crazy. Was I didn't know weird. that was happening. Because like, I took a break from following politics because... It just became way too stressful and stuff. I'm, I, 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 again, justice side of me is like, okay, I would, I would, if I was in there, I'd be doing this, this, and this, and this. But then I had the reality check of, I, I can't do anything. I'm a filmmaker, director, dude. I, that's all I do, and I can't change anything. And I don't want to do that because I, I know the sacrifice that that would take. But I like just watch like the Mitch McConnell thing. I just feel bad for the dude. Like it's, I, I, I take no sides in anything. I'm just like, okay, whatever's the best solution for the greater good, let's do it. Um. But watching that dude, I don't even know what happened because I didn't even know he was having these weird 
just pauses in the middle of stuff. And I saw something that came up on TikTok the other day where he, just, I forgot what he said, but it was just silent. Just freezes. Whoa, yeah. I'm like, what is in going on? In the middle on? of answering a question. Yeah. Shuts, just shuts off. That was nuts to me. I'm like, okay, if they're in that state, dude, I'm so sorry for that guy. Like, get it's him out of there. Abuse. Yeah, and exactly. And what about his family? I would yeah. be, if my kids were just propping me up or mm -hmm. my staff or the people that I've surrounded myself with yeah. are just propping me up. Yeah. As I'm dying in front of the world. Right. What? What is going on there? Let yeah. that guy retire yeah. and go off to his mansion with all of his stock money and just mm -hmm. exist and maybe find some solitude yeah. and come to terms with his life. Exactly. Yeah. That's, I'm all for that. You, you so. can't find anybody else. There's nobody else. We can, wait. <laughs> There's so There's many. There's 300 like, plus million people. We can't seriously. find somebody else to fill that spot. We got to have this Dude. guy. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, and that's, yeah, that whole world is just fascinating to me. Like even with the, the Joe Biden stuff, like his flubs, all of his stuff. I'm just like, I just feel bad for the guy now because of just everything that he said. Didn't know that Hawaii was a part of the United States. Like, bro, he's just, just gone. Making shit up. Yeah, he's so Swinging gone. Swinging from the hip. Yeah. So it's, I'm, I'm sorry to that guy for going through stuff. I don't know. I just, yeah, it, you're right. It is elder abuse and it's sad to watch. And it's just yeah. disappointing that this is where we are. Mm -hmm. And it's more so that people are trying to cop for these people mm -hmm. and make excuses. Oh, he's, they're not gone. Yeah. They're I have a hard time keeping up with Biden. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. What? If you're saying thought, that, yeah. you should lose your job too. Because yeah. if you can't keep up with yeah. this guy who's who's tripping over sandbags, falling apart, like what? <laughs> what does that say about your competency? Well, and then it's like, and then you follow that rabbit trail of okay, then what are they gaining from this? Like for it's keeping just a these people. Dark hole, man. Yeah, that's why I stayed out of it for a while because I'm just like. I mean, you can have every theory on the face of the planet and stuff, but it's just like, if unless you're in the middle of the situation, you have no idea. And that's what I remind myself of constantly is I'm not there. I don't know what's going on. All I'm seeing is, you know, Instagram stuff, TikToks, YouTube shorts and clips of all this chaotic thing, all these chaotic things going on. And then I have to remind myself, you can't do a damn thing. You can only control your little world and that's it. And that my little world, we will be honest with each other and serve each other's visions really well and do what we can, but I can't change the world. Like I think you can. You keep saying that. I think with what you do mm -hmm. is arguably one of the best ways to change the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, through a powerful film mm -hmm. or just a a skit that get that pulls people out of all that. Yeah. It gives them a second to laugh. Or maybe it's a drama and it gives them something to really think, think about, about yeah. their own mortality. Mm -hmm. I think you can I mean, through cinema, you can, yeah, you can change a lot. I mean, I've seen yeah. movies that have impacted me in a ton of different ways, or a documentary that makes you rethink your whole life mm -hmm. watching something play out. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree not to with put that. the weight of the world on your back. No, here, but. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I, I do agree with you. It's, it's like, and there's things that I definitely want to tackle, and that I've written where I'm like. Do I want to going back to the sacrificing thing? Like, do I want to sacrifice? just i don't even know like there's there's things i've written about where i'm very like church stuff um things that happen there that are just not the greatest and but it's also what do i want to expose and how is that going to affect me ultimately because there's i mean again i keep saying it over i'm, I'm the justice guy where i'm like okay i i want justice to, to situations and if i could do that through cinema i i'm going to try 
and maybe this is just some, I'm processing this now, and of course I'm doing it on a podcast. It's like it's I'm scared of the repercussions of certain things because there's definitely been some things that I've gotten the works where I believe it could cause conversation, and but I also have a family to protect, and I don't want it doing anything there, like because they're my world. Like I never want to sacrifice that at all whatsoever. But um. Like, yeah, there's the trafficking stuff too. Like the, that sound of freedom movie that came out. Um, a couple of friends of mine produced that and got behind that. And like, I'm very passionate about the justice there in those situations. Um, and I've written stuff around that as well. And it's like, do I even want to tackle that or just let the people that can actually have that level of influence just keep doing what they can there? Like. Um, those guys sacrificed a lot coming out with that movie. Like everybody thought that I was going to tank and then it just did amazing. But, um, like, yeah, anyway, but that's a yeah. fascinating case study. That movie, I haven't yeah. seen it yet. I want to see it. Oh dude, you should but see it. But just the backlash. Oh yeah. The backlash for a movie that's against exploiting children. Mm-hmm. You would think that everybody could get on board with that. Oh yeah. And, and they just just demolished I mean, demolished like, yeah it was so dumb um when we saw it it was me and tex and a couple of other people we went and watched it and uh yeah because again a couple of my friends were on that project and i just wanted to like i didn't know i, I haven't seen seen jim caviezel act in anything all that much recently except for like the passion of the christ and something else um but i didn't know what to expect going in there. I just sat there. I think we sat for like 30 minutes afterwards where it's like, how do we take this feeling and actually do something about it? Like it messed me up. Like I went home and I was just bawling because it's again, how could human beings be like this? Like who hurt you? Like what, why did you decide to go down this rabbit hole and do such a terrible thing? But then the backlash that came with it where like the news was attacking it and all that crap. I'm like, okay, so, it's addressing a real life issue. Like we have it here. Guess what? It's everywhere too. Like, why are you so weird about calling out the darkness? Why? And labeling it some right wing yeah. conspiracy movie. Exactly. It's, it's bringing attention to a very real thing. And just the, the conversations I've, I've had with people about that is like, well, it's just this. Um, have you seen the movie? No. Then shut the hell up. Like, are you like aware of the fact that this is a real thing? Like, it's like with people when they're talking about Germany, like Nazi Germany. Like, oh, that didn't really happen. Like, what? Yeah, that's a crazy thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what in the world? But it's like, yeah, it's a very real thing. And it's all under all of our noses. And I'm glad that movie came out. And I'm glad that it addressed all that stuff. I'm glad that I watched it. And I support my friends that um, were part of that project because it's intense, man. Like, that would be a hard movie to make. Going Dude, on the yeah. set and creating some of those moments. There's a, just yeah. that that theme of it would be challenging. If there's a couple scenes and they don't like do anything, but they insinuate some stuff. Um, it's kind of like a Hitchcock thing where he doesn't s- show some actions. It's just you know, and it. I think that was well done on their part because then it sinks in, like because your brain goes there for you. You can fill it in on your own. Exactly. And so you're like, whoa, wait, what's going on here? And so it, it's a massive reality check and it rocked my world. And so I I want to be able to tell stories like that 
because uh, I think the guy, yeah, Tim Ballard, um, the whole movie's after, like, I think they're doing a documentary, a three hour long one, and then they're doing a second movie to, to The Sound of Freedom, I think. But yeah, dude, it's intense. Like, you should just watch it. I mean, since you yeah, like being a sponge, it's like, it's, it's great. Um, from like a filmmaker perspective, I would have done some things different. Like, I wanted to go darker with, like, I was hoping they would, but I get you're introducing the concept uh, to the masses. And so you have to be a certain way to and and tell that story you can't just come out of the gate with here's all the dirty laundry you can't just do that and so um i think the next one's going to be a little bit darker i that's what i heard so which i'm kind of looking forward to because there's a story in it when you see it he mentions i think it's cuba or something like that anyway he mentions some place and they're going to delve into that and i guess it gets way darker there and they're going to just kind of emphasize it i'm like okay great so but yeah it's it's everywhere and so when the backlash happened i was like why why this is so weird to me hmm. do you think you would want to lean when you're say, talking about leaning in that kind of direction would mm-hmm. it be just hard-hitting documentaries or something with a little more drama attached to it i think um something with a little bit more drama attached to it like i'll do documentaries all day long uh it's just i don't know why i haven't done it um but yeah something with a little bit more drama to it because stories i mean i mean obviously just they can grab you and stuff and sometimes the documentary version doesn't really do it all that much so it's i have this theory of like okay the alien thing for instance like follow me real quick we're gonna go on a tangent um like we've had so many sci-fi movies about aliens and then when aliens started getting introduced to us and our government's admitting there's things out there they're not sure of then we're like oh yeah we knew it it's because it conditioned like all these sci-fi movies conditioned us to be ready for whatever and yeah and so then we get start hearing about that and so i kind of think that you know that's why i want to do it too is like tell something more of the dramatic way and then introduce the concept and then come out with like a documentary about that thing and be like okay boom here's the reality of it like this is what's actually going on you want to kind of prime them before yeah exactly hitting them over the head with Mm -hmm. it yeah so just depends um yeah on the subject matter and stuff and i just want to make sure like whatever i take on that i'm willing to just go to bat for and um be behind a hundred percent because when you tackle things like that like you're exposing yourself like to i mean the backlash and all that stuff even though the backlash happened with that project they're still killing it they're still doing really well and so i don't know i think it's important people do that yeah because at some point you just have to say fuck you to the backlash Mm -hmm. because yeah i mean otherwise if everybody bends the knee where does that get us yeah yeah i mean where we're at now like (laughs) it's a cluster (laughs) yeah it's a massive cluster so yeah that's definitely what i would want to do is to do the drama stuff for a little bit and then go into documentary do you have anything concrete that you want to sink your teeth into i know you were talking about kicking around a few ideas yeah anything that's more Mm -hmm. there's some stuff like uh, there's uh, some ideas that we um well i wrote it and then um the guys that I have act for me occasionally, I've had them read the script that I'm working on, seeing if they even want to tackle the subject matter because it's kind of dark and um, just about, I mean, honestly, some stuff that's happened around here that I've seen or heard and I'm just like, okay, this needs to be addressed. And so I sent this one script out to a couple guys and I'm like, what do you think? um just know i mean we might get backlash like we might get shit for doing this but i feel very strongly like this needs to be addressed because we think we because we live in such a small county that um this subject matter does not have an effect on us or it's not actually going on 
and every single one of them was like, I'm in. Okay, here we go. Yes, we're doing it. Yeah, I'm like, I was like, I guess it's going to happen now. So, yeah, it's, uh, there's several things that I've started writing and have finished where I just, it's just one of those things I do, I want to do this right now. And is this the right moment to do it? And is this the right season for it? And so I just kind of check in with people that mentor me. Um, because again, I always believe that you should have a mentor, somebody that's way ahead of you and everything and just kind of i'm pitching to them like what do you think what if i jumped on this right now and then one of them's like yeah go for it you're gonna get shit on like okay so that's just a fear thing like going back to that it's like it's a fear thing that i have is um yeah i just don't want to be hung on a cross and being like yeah you suck so but at the same time if change is going to happen and like obviously i feel so passionate about certain things like if you're, I always have the theory is like, if you're passionate about it and then you talk about it constantly and you bitch about it all the time, do something about it. So slowly getting there. So. Words to live by. Yep. I should go on a shirt. <laughs> I'm into making like shirts and all that stuff. So yeah, the size here production. I like the logo. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That was a new merch coming soon. It's going to have that quote on there. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's like literally in my notes and my phone, uh, my bonus daughter and my girlfriend and I will like we come up with shirt ideas all the time, like these stupid sayings that are just like ridiculous and they're going to have my logo on it and stuff. But um, yeah, so yeah, the Sightseer logo, like that was super intentional too. Like everybody keeps asking me like, what's just so intimidating Like for wedding films? I'm like, it's really not. It's an owl and a shutter. Like, I like yeah, it. Yeah. So it, it, it takes some explanation, but um, yeah, that was just like something a buddy of mine, he's like just spiritual cowboy guy that just like travels all over the place just like listening to the universe asking where he should go and stuff and we were driving one night and um this owl flew over this i think we were out 36 just driving to go to the redwoods and stuff just flew over the owl flew over the road and he's like oh grimaldo uh i think it's a sign I'm like what do you mean he's like you're wise like the owl yeah yeah you're a sightseer i'm like what and then um, I was going to Fort Bragg with a friend of mine, and then there was this RV on the back of it. It said Sightseer something or whatever. I'm like, okay, I got to do something with this whole Sightseer thing. And then um, obviously I do filming and then camera work and all that stuff. So I'm like, I'm just going to do Sightseer Productions and just have it be like this cool thing. Like it, it means a lot because, yeah, my buddy just kept telling me that he's like, you can see things where other people can't. You draw stuff out of people and you're just wise. I'm like, I don't feel that but okay great and so then we just kind of roll it out with the logo and had a friend of mine do it and it's just it's a dope look i mean i have it tattooed on my leg too so i was just like i ran with it but it's crazy how things just organically emerge like that yeah i mean like we said at the beginning or you said at the beginning these ideas come to fruition and if mm. you don't jump on it mm. it's not going to be lost with you somebody else is eventually going to catch that sucker absolutely i used to think that wasn't a thing and then then you have a couple ideas that yeah swiped and you're like ah, i was like god so and and like i I feel like god or the universe or whatever you want to say like puts ideas and like opens doors for you and ideas uh, to you and puts ideas to you where it's like you have the opportunity to jump on this and if you don't it's going to be made known anyway so you might as well just be the person that does it and um so i'm trying to always remember that is if i get an idea it's like I, i need to roll with it i just need to do it because some Joe Schmo is going to be like, motherfucker, I'm stealing your shit and then do it. And I'm like, God, ah, so yeah, it's, uh, 
yeah the, how things organically happen is just so much fun just the, the i mean i don't know especially when you're working with groups of people the camaraderie and then like you just feel that vibe and the energy and it's just super easy to create and come up with stuff is just a lot of fun so yeah yeah well justin this has been a lot of fun man i appreciate yeah. you coming on and talking with me thank you for having me i was super nervous about it but you're yeah, really it's not as bad once you sit down. No, and you're good about it. Like your whole vibe is great and you're good about like getting stuff out of people. So yeah, good job on you. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's yeah. easy when you have an interesting guest, you know. Was I interesting? Yeah, I thought so. Are you sure? Okay. We'll see once we get the backlash, I'm not for <laughs> sure. But. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I don't feel interesting half the time. So when you asked me, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm down. Like I was saying before, but um, yeah, because I... I do a lot of stuff. I, at the same time, I don't feel like it's too interesting. And so if people find it interesting, then phenomenal. If not, then have a good day. <laughs> yeah. Well, if nothing else, I always gauge it just by if I enjoyed it and I did. Did so you? I consider it a good Dead ass? Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't lie to you. I just good. wouldn't say, I wouldn't tell you it sucked. <laughs> I just wouldn't say anything. Dude, if you'd straight up told me, hey, this sucked, I'd be like, okay, we're best friends now. <laughs> I'd be all over that. <laughs> that's awesome um do you want to plug all your stuff where people can find oh. you find the wedding stuff um yeah that's kind of it's because i mean i do several different things so if you want wedding stuff it's sightseerproductions.com um if you want to see stuff that i do like music videos and documentary stuff and ads it's justingrimaldo.com and uh we'll see what instagram i'm justin underscore grimaldo and so yeah that's pretty much it yeah, I've got your link tree up in the dude. You're too, you're so, so good at this. Look at you know. being so great at this. See, you're a badass. Man. Occasionally, I get it right. <laughs> Is there anything that you want to plug? <laughs> <laughs> I think we can end it on that. I don't want to ruin it. All right, really, good. thanks, man. We'll yeah, do this again. This is a lot of fun. Absolutely, thank you for having me. Yeah.